where things kind of took a turn for the worst. <laughs> when you were 18. <laughs> yes. Um, was my senior year in um, high school. So my my dad committed suicide. Um, oh, wow. And the same week that he died, I found out I was pregnant. Holy shit. Welcome to another episode of Ambitious. <laughs> No, you had a daughter. Yes, I do. People are always thrown off. They're like, oh, okay, you have, like, is she two? Or I'm like, nope, she's 10. <laughs> so, oh, wow. How old are you? I'm 28. Yeah, I'm going to be 29 oh, okay. in April. Nice. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I had her You're when... pretty young. Yeah, I had her when I was 18. Yeah. Yeah. I'm 32 and I have no kids and I am pretty happy about it. You don't want kids. I mean, it's not in your future. Hey, it's not. You know, it's not for everybody. It's not for everybody. I I'm not opposed to it, but I'm. I was married before. I had an ex-wife. Okay. I have an ex-wife. <laughs> I had an ex-wife. And, yeah, <laughs> she's still alive. And we were married for eight years. We tried to have kids for a few years and just never did. Okay. And now I think about my life currently. And I'm like, I'm stoked that I don't have any kids. That would mm-hmm. be awful right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm just, I'm open to it, but I'm kind of like, you know what? If it doesn't happen, I'm fine with that. And I try to just accept my life the way that it is. Mm-hmm. So Well, and you have a lot going on too, because you create so much content. So, you know, when you have a kid involved, you have to work your schedule around that. Yeah. And since my daughter's older, um, I have a little bit more freedom and flexibility. And True. <laughs> is it, what's it like having a 10 year old? But that's nuts. It is, yeah. She's um she's she's great. Like I always tell people she's gonna be a wonderful adult. However, that's difficult to parent. Does right? that mean she's a bad kid? No, no, it's just she's super independent. She's very witty. Like she can negotiate her, her way around a no just like impeccably well. It's you know, and then it's it's she, she should be a lawyer too. Some people say that. I mean, you're a paralegal, but... Right, I know. She, yeah. But, uh, it, I don't know. And then sometimes, like, you can't even argue with her logic, you know? Like, uh-huh. sometimes the kid is right when they come back at you, and you're just... Then, you're what, like, then what do you do? Uh, it's like, right, well, like, you just pull the parent card. Like, well, I'm your... I said no. End of story. Yeah, it's kind of crazy how smart some kids can be Yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Like, it's actually... I never thought of it that way. Thank you for that perspective. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So why don't you tell everybody who you are and give them a little introduction? Um, oh, now the pressure's on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, now it became official. I know. I always hate doing like, okay, now we're going. <laughs> now, now we're starting. I like I'm it to just right like ease in. Sometimes I don't even do an introduction, but. That's, no, that's, that's clever. That's actually smart because now I have like all this anxiety. Um, <laughs> I know for no reason. It's fine. Um, I'm Angeline Wolf. I, um. I'm a mother. <laughs> and a paralegal. <laughs> and a paralegal. And you and um, I, I, you and I, I met, model and... Yeah, you and I met through the uh, Portrait, Portrait Slam. Yeah, yes. I think it was at the... The Salem one. Salem one, yeah, the Grey Lab. The Grey Lab Slam. That place yes. was cool. It was really cool. I really love how they decorated everything and it, it was fun meeting all those people. But yeah. Yeah, that's how we met. And then um, Taylor. Yeah, um, through Taylor. Because mm-hmm. she was doing a photo shoot with Cody and Summer. Mm-hmm. and invited you and then summer was your hair right yeah yep yeah and then me and summer actually i think met at portrait slam two years ago so we've um we've modeled together and 
Oh, that's yeah. how I'm here also because she was like, hey, he's doing this podcast and you should, you know, yeah. you guys should link up. And... I know. I, so that's, I became friends with Cody and Summer through a photo shoot too. Taylor, she's the networking queen. Yeah. If I, if I wasn't dating her, I would have no friends. Yeah. Like she's been out of town for four days and I've, you're like the first person I've seen. <laughs> like, what that's do I do with A, a slight exaggeration. But... <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so I met Cody and Summer and then Cody and I are really similar. Like we have a lot of insecurities and like anxiety. Yeah. You bond on that level. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we got along really well, really quick. And then him and I did a podcast together and then I listened I... to it. Yeah. Oh, you did? Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. That was a fun one. And then we did one with Cody in summer and then she oh, texted okay. me. She was like, Hey, you should do one with Angie. I was like, I really don't know Angie that well. She's like, she has a crazy life. It'd be great. <laughs> like, oh, I'm so life. curious. <laughs> So I asked her, like, what kind of questions should I ask? And she gave me a few, but I actually forgot what they all are. So I oh. literally don't know what we're going to talk about or what we're about to say. Okay, that's fine. We'll just we'll just wing it. Yeah, yeah. but you were talking about your, uh, like, how you use poetry for dealing with trauma. Yes, yeah. So um, I published a poetry book, and that all started um, because I started sharing my poems on social media. So, like, on Instagram, Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, initially people reacted really badly, actually. Fun fact. To your poetry? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I started sharing it probably, I don't know, two years ago, just little snippets. And, um, I got really mean messages from people saying that, um, you know, I have no reason to be sad because I'm pretty or, Mm. Um, I had people telling me, like, I should go kill myself if I'm so sad. Like, it, like, it was aggressive. People were aggressive oh about God. it. Yeah. And that I reminds was... me of that. Uh, do you watch The Office? I've seen parts. I've seen some episodes, yeah. <laughs> There's this episode where Kelly, she's talking to about Jan, the boss, and she's like, how can somebody that's so pretty be so sad? <laughs> Just made me think of that. Sorry. Tangent. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that makes sense. So um, people were really aggressive. I mean, I've seen your, your writing on your Instagram, your poetry. It's, it's good. It has... It feels like it has a lot of emotional depth, mm-hmm. which I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't really see why people would be well, angry. I think, honestly, I mean, people are uncomfortable with other people's sadness. I think that's what it is. And then, mm. and before I started sharing my poetry, I mean, now my feed is kind of, you know, I, it's, it's who I am almost. Like, I, in my captions with my photos, I have poetry or I have some kind of message that I'm trying to push, right? Mm-hmm. Um, before, I just posted photos like really pretty photos like the you know my my modeling photos that was it a lot of people thought i was fake some people thought i was a bot like <laughs> so i think it is three people for a loop they're like well your life is perfect on social media oh, and then everybody's life is perfect on social right media. yeah it's it's what picture the hell are perfect these people talking about? exactly and so but really i mean i just i responded to all of them and i was like well i'm sorry that you feel that way but i write for me so i mean you don't have to read it yeah. i was just was super calm about it just you know I'm sorry that you, you don't need to attack me. You don't have to read it. No one's forcing you to read it. Right. And then um, a few months of continuously sharing it, then the tone changed. Then people were like, oh, thank you for being vulnerable. Mm. You know, I feel this way too. And um, then then everything changed and started going up from there. So, nice. And then people, I had a lot of people be like, you should write a book. Like, you should put all of this in a book. And I was like, yeah. mm, I don't know. I mean... <laughs> 
it's kind of intimidating it it is the yeah this is kind of crazy well i didn't think people actually really read it honestly like i didn't think i really i, I write for me and mm-hmm. it's, it's just how i process and cope with my emotions and um but i mean it was relatable for a lot of other people yeah and then the more i heard that i was like okay i guess i'll i'll give her a go so it's published now it is book? published yeah what's it called a uh, catalyst love it yes what's it a catalyst for being vulnerable like well i mean it's like the poems were prompted by certain events in my life or people Mm. or whatever so those people or those events were catalysts in my life Mm. that took me to the next level or helped me grow or gotcha that kind of thing that's cool that's why yeah my friend uh, megan actually she was the one we were thinking of names for the books i told her you know i'm like i'm gonna do this and i don't know what to call it and um so we were kind of brainstorming on names. And then so she's actually really the one who came up with it, honestly. Because mm-hmm. um, I was like, you know, I, I really, I was venting. I was like, I hate that so many poems are based off of, you know, one event or one person. And I was like, and it just sucks. Because like, I don't want it to be about them. It's not about them. Yeah. It's about me. Right. And, <laughs> and um, she was like, well, I mean, it's not about them. It, like, they were the catalyst. They were the uh, event in your life that, love it. You, you know, helped you grow through this. Like, you needed that to happen. You needed... It's a good title. Exactly. Like and then I was lot. like, oh, wait, catalyst. Wait, that word you said. Yeah. Like, so yeah. I'm always fascinated by people who, like, how people come up with their titles for anything, like an album or a book, uh, because I'm super indecisive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so coming up with something that's that permanent, like, I don't have any tattoos because I just can't decide. Yeah. And I... I don't have any published books. I go back and forth on the title of this podcast. Really? <laughs> yeah, like I've I've changed it probably three times. Oh, really? Yeah. What was it before? So it started as ambitious, but it had two M's mm-hmm. play off my name, and then it changed to Clough Chronicles. Oh, okay. My last name. Yeah. Um, and it was with my brother, so I brought him on as a co-host, and we were doing it together. But then that kind of faded away, so I brought it back to ambitious, but then I shortened it to just one M to make it more searchable. Like for SEO. Purposes. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. So my handle was, it's always been Love Miss Wolf, but before it was actually like L U V underscore mm. oh, Miss yeah. Wolf. Oh, yeah. I think I knew that actually. Yeah. Like when I first started. And I mean, my, like my email that's listed like on my page is, it's still L U V underscore Miss Wolf. Because oh. I was like, well, I'm not going to change it now. But <laughs> then everyone was like, you know, it's really hard to find you because you say yeah. love and then everyone, you know, oh yeah, you're... changing an email is hard though. Yeah, so the email I just I was like I'll just leave it alone. It's fine. We'll yeah. just leave that. Or just start a new one. It's probably taken. Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Ammon Clough Creative. Ammon Clough Creative is a business specializing in photography, videography, podcasting, education, and content creation. Services include weddings, small business landing videos, corporate video and photography work, podcast production, product photography, brand exposure one-on-one and group workshops and photo shoots in almost any capacity, such as outdoor or indoor, family, couples, or single-person photo shoots. For more information, go to ammonclough.com or check out ammonclough on Instagram at ammonclough. Maybe, I don't know. That's not shit. That's actually... <laughs> well, I never even... So I I didn't know your name was Angie until the second time I met you. Oh, really? At that shoot in the oh. next to the football field. Uh-huh, yeah. Because your name's not on in, on your Instagram. I don't know if you have an, another, like, private Instagram. No, it's just, yeah, it's just Miss Wolf. Yeah, so I'm like, yeah. I, don't, 
just like I saw, just call you Love Miss Wolf. <laughs> right. People actually, um, a lot of people will message me correcting me, being like, like they, one, they either think I just love wolves, which wolves are cool, you know, mm-hmm. but, or they'll be like, hey, just heads up, you spelled wolf wrong. Oh, how's it spelled in your... Uh, with two Fs, W-O-L-F-F. Oh, okay. That's how your last name spelled? Uh-huh. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. I didn't even notice. Oh, yeah. But then wolf is like W-O-L-F. And yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah, but it's it's my last name. It's so. actually a name, bro. It's Leave me good. alone. God, there's so many haters out there. I know. People find reason to hate for any reason. Yes. I think it takes a lot more work to be nice than it does to be mad. Like your first instinct is just to be mad about stuff. This girl's so pretty, but she's so sad. I'm going to be mad about that. The audacity. Her last name is spelled wrong. I think I'm going to tell her. You don't think she knows? I know. Well, if she's a bot, she probably wouldn't know. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Yeah. God. Do you read your comments a lot on your Instagram? I do, but I don't really have... Um, I haven't had hateful comments recently. In a while, actually. So... Yeah. Yeah. I feel like after... Like, the haters are kind of always in the beginning. Like, you're weeding out the... Exactly. The shitty people who are just going to fall off anyway. Mm-hmm. And then you find your real people. Mm-hmm. And then once you start like gaining success, the haters come back. Exactly. And you start it's, getting it's a kind lot of, of... It's just a, it's an up and down. Yeah. That's why but you that's how you know your you're head down and... successful. It's when the haters are around. Exactly. So they're, yeah. they're jealous. Right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> they have time to, to do that too. Yeah. So how much of your trauma do you want to go into? Like how vulnerable I mean, do you want to be? I f- it feels like you're a vulnerable person. I am. I'm. I'm an open book. I tell people that. Honestly, a lot of people when they talk to me, um, they're surprised by how much information that they share about themselves with me. I have the same problem. Yeah. I consider it a problem. Yeah. Really. I do. Well, yeah. I think it's a good thing. Well, I guess it depends how you look at it. I've had it blow up in my face. Oh. Where I'm. Where people will get attached to me. Oh. And I'm like. Hold on a sec. Like, like we we're bonding. Sorry, but it's if, not like that. Yeah, sorry yeah. if you got the wrong idea. Yeah. It just, I have this effect on people where they can just feel comfortable and feel open. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I mean, I do like it. I, but I got to just be careful with it. Make, make boundaries. I didn't used to be very good at that. Oh, that's fair. That so, that, ma- that makes sense. Getting um, better. Okay, <laughs> getting better. That's that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, people people say that and i think it's because i'm so open initially like if you yeah. ask me any question like i'll answer it like i'm i'm i've gotten to a point where i'm comfortable in my sadness i'm comfortable talking about it and i think it's mental health is, is so important and um yeah so mm-hmm. i find talking about my sadness very cathartic it's it feels very like healing just to talk about it yeah are you a pisces I am a Taurus Aries. I'm like on the cusp. So oh, my, wow. my birthday is 420. So I, I don't know. Some people are like, you're a Taurus. And others are like, you're an Aries. Oh, that's what Taylor is. An she's, Aries or a Taurus? She's the, on the cusp. Oh, she, uh, is she 422? Or is she? Yeah, 420. <gasps> oh my gosh. <laughs> Hitler's birthday. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> yeah, 420. That's crazy. You f- seem a lot different than her, but Zodiac signs are kind of, I don't know. I think about it, but I don't really like, it's just like like some base level stuff. It's like a spoke in the wheel of what makes up a person, you know, like it's just one spoke that maybe has something to do with their personality. Mm -hmm. I really think it's just about how you grow up, like how you're raised or your environment environment. that really shapes your personality. Yeah, for sure. I think initially, you you know, main traits, but then 
don't know. As you get yeah. older, you grow and you... Was your upbringing pretty good? Like, would you say it was... It was. Yeah. yeah. It's it's funny, actually, because I'll, um, I'll hang out with my friends. My friends will start talking about their childhoods and stuff. And um, a lot of my friends haven't had great, haven't had great childhoods. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just don't ever talk about mine because I almost feel bad. Like, my, my childhood was, was picture perfect. Like, it was... White yeah. big offense. Yeah. Picture perfect. Like I should, like I should, you know, can I cuss on this? Of course. Okay. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> you listen to the podcast, right? You swear all the well, time. That, okay, that's fair. Yeah. I don't know. I just. Um, yeah, you're fine. No, I, so I grew up in Nebraska. Fun fact. Random. Yeah, I know. I was born in, um, in California actually, but then from like three to 18, I grew up in Nebraska, hmm. okay. a little small town. Um, like there, there was 12 of us in my graduating class. Holy shit. I thought my high school was small. <laughs> yeah. I went to school on the coast in Coquille, okay. and my graduating class was 80, oh. but that's like way bigger than yours. Yeah. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it was small, but um, I had great parents, and we traveled a lot. We spent summers in Canada and road trips, you know, all that. Jazz. Why Canada? Um, we had a, a cottage in Grand Bend, Ontario, hmm. so we would go... Um, kind of like family reunion stuff like we'd all head there for the summer and yeah yeah that's awesome i had a good childhood um where things kind of took a turn for the worst (laughs) when you were 18 (laughs) yes um was my senior year in um, high school so my my dad committed suicide um oh wow and the same week that he died i found out i was pregnant holy shit yes Dang, that's a lot. Yeah, it was a lot. So, um, a lot to to process. But you know, looking back, I'm I'm thankful that I got pregnant when I did. I mean, I honestly like I I didn't want kids. I didn't see myself being like a great mom. I don't know. I just didn't have that mindset, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, you're still so young. Also, yeah. Also, that. But I mean, I don't know. I feel like some women, even like as teens like they have this vision right like they it's envision really a wedding that you want two or three kids girl first boy you know that have names picked out yeah that's actually really true i have two sisters younger yeah and they no doubt in their minds they always wanted kids yeah i mean but i grew up very mormon and so it's like very family oriented and right Lo- just lots like, of kids that yeah kind of just like gender right? norms and traditional kind of things so and yeah. they did they both Got married right out of high school and each have three kids now. Oh, yep. See? So. Yeah. And that just wasn't in the in the cards for me. I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. that's not what I thought of, right? And so, um, but looking back, I think it's good that I was pregnant because I honestly, I don't know that I would have made it. And I say that because, um, so my dad was my first death. Like, he was my first like i didn't have grandparents go mm. that kind of thing dang what a hard one for the first the first yeah usually you, you lose a grandparent first or something right yeah or you know somebody who died or a friend's relative or something yeah yeah and so first experience with death and um jesus that's not when even i figured a, even out like a pet well i lost i lost a dog oh, okay so so there's that, but the first like human, yeah, yeah, you know, like, and, like Much it, it kind of hits hard, right? Yeah. So it was my first experience with, really with depression. Like I was sad over a breakup or fighting with my friends, you know, like sad, mm-hmm. but I didn't experience that level. Yeah, that's deeper. Of sadness. Were you, you and your dad pretty close? Yeah, he was. He was like my best friend. So and then and there's a lot of guilt um, with that. I won't go into 
that part of it. But mm-hmm. we weren't really talking the year before he died. Like we kind of fell off. We had a bump in the road with our relationship. Oh. And so, um, and it was more so me, like I was just angry at him. He was trying to oh. salvage the relationship, but I was just mad at him for something he did. Um, and so, so there's guilt there. So I'm like, oh shit. It's like, <laughs> right. You guys never had like a kind of come together. No. Um, actually the last time that I saw him was for my, um, senior photos. And hmm. um, we, we were starting to try to salvage the relationship. Like I was trying, I was starting to forgive him. Yeah. And, um, he, we have a, he has a Porsche and so he brought the Porsche and a bouquet of um, white roses mm-hmm. to take pictures with. And I'm thankful because the photographer was like, oh, well, he looks nice. He brought the car. He has a bouquet. Let's just take a quick picture with you two really quick. Just mm-hmm. out of the blue, the photographer said this. Nice. And um, so that was the last time I saw him, and that was our last photo together. At least you did it. You yeah. just said yes to the photo. Yeah, I know. I'm so, I'm so thankful for that. God, but... what a sad story. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> it makes me i mean i think that thinking about death is actually really healthy Mm -hmm. because it makes you i mean i'll speak for myself it makes me put little like fights into perspective like um i don't know how much of the podcast or my life you know or you have that you've listened to uh i was so i was mormon my whole life and if you know anything about mormons they're like a really tight-knit family group Mm -hmm. and then Three years ago, I decided I wasn't going to be Mormon anymore after my divorce. Mm-hmm. And I moved back home, was living with my parents at the time. I was 30. And I was like, hey, like, I'm kind of just starting over with my life. I'm going to take a break from church and I'm just, yeah, going to kind of do my own thing. And it was super hard for them. Mm-hmm. And to kind of make the story shorter, my parents had a really hard time with it, especially my dad. And it was like had a really intense potential to create a wedge between us. Okay. But I would just not like think about death, but you know, if you think, if you just can have that perspective adjustment, it helps you to be like, you know what? Like this is probably hard for him and it's hard for me. And you just have to kind of keep trying and keep Mm -hmm. going. And it makes you, I don't know, just think about the things you say to the people that you love on a daily basis. Yeah. It definitely puts it in perspective. But yeah, that's a, it's a hard lesson to learn, especially the way you learned it. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't think that was an option, right? Like none of us even knew he was sad. Yeah. So we were just, it was, it throws you for a loop for sure. You know? So it was super unexpected and just like, what yeah, the hell? Yeah. It was, yeah. None of us saw that coming. Like there was no struggling with, you know, depression or he just seemed happy. But you know, sometimes it's the happiest people who end up going that way because they're just, they so good hold at hiding it. it yeah they hold it in or yeah all that stuff but um so yeah so i'm glad that i got um pregnant back to that part i feel like i kind of went off on a tangent no, yeah, so there. Did I. It's fine. <laughs> um because i had something to focus on right like i i was like okay well this it's not about me anymore you know there's this life growing and so what do I do about that? So it helped me kind of switch focus from, oh my God, this just happened to... It's like a nice distraction. Yeah. I mean, like they're both major events, right? Yeah. I would <laughs> not, say so. Not unexpected, not prepared for either of them, but... End of life now, and the beginning Now what of do life. I do? Exactly. So... Um, so you would say yeah. that your daughter kind of saved your life? Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. 
So it's pretty amazing. It is. It's weird how sometimes things just sort of happen at the right time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's really cool. I'm like a strong believer that everything happens for a reason. I feel like that's so cliche. Yeah. Like people say that all the time, you know, but I really like, I feel it. It's like, I mean it like. I can Even, see why you think that or why you believe that really strongly. Yeah. There's just been so many things that have happened in my life that, you know, at the time I'm like, well, that sucks. But then looking back, I'm like, okay, well, this prompted this or this prompted that. Or mm-hmm. if this didn't happen, then I wouldn't, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. All that jazz. So it's been 10 years since mm-hmm. your dad passed. Yep. And is that event and that the emotions wrapped up in that, is that kind of the source of a lot of your writing and poetry? Yes. Um, I don't necessarily write about like my dad. Um, I do have some poems in there and then, and then there's like some sneaky ones, mm-hmm. um, that, pe- that people, like people don't realize that that's the source of it unless yeah. like I tell them. Um, uh, but really, so what happened with, um, so I don't write like about my dad, but the trauma behind it. So like I have abandonment issues for sure. Now mm. I was in denial for a while. Like people were like, I'm pretty sure you have abandonment issues. I'm like, no I don't I'm fine like it's what (laughs) um but it really comes to life like in my relationships like my intimate relationships where I'm like oh okay this is triggering me or yeah are you married no I'm not no I'm single Mm. um yeah so that plays into a, a lot of like your I mean like your relationships you feel like you have fear of abandonment yes yeah it's almost like I noticed like I search for people who are emotionally unavailable mm. and I almost wonder if I do that because I think deep down I'm emotionally unavailable. Mm. Like I think I just have a lot of growth and healing to mm-hmm. do still, but, but that's why I write. And, um, instead of keeping it all bottled up, it's a good way to kind of process what I'm going through. I feel bad sometimes it's been brought to my attention. Um, Certain people know that I'm writing about them or like they know like they're the source of the poem. This poem's about me and now it's in a published book. God damn it. Yes. Yeah. I have a friend like he won't even read the book. Like I keep telling him like you should like what if I give it to you? And he's like, no. And I was like, why? He's like, I'm just I'm pretty sure some of those are about me and I just and I I don't want to do it. He's like, but congratulations. Like, you know, who is he? Is like he an ex or something? No, he's um, he's just a good friend. But we have a long history mm. of we were it's a, I don't know, it's a long story yeah there's, there's ups fine. and downs but um but we're, we're really good friends now mm. and but it's just funny because he's like no <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> i get it sometimes people are just not ready you know yeah yeah and um so that's kind of put a little i'm just i'm trying to write differently now also i'm trying to change my style of writing um i want to write more happy things or write from a place of joy because I, I thrive in my sadness and it's actually not a great thing. Like it's not super healthy to do that. I mean, Mm -hmm. I tell people, you know, it's okay, it's okay to be sad, which it is. And I don't think you should, you know, hide it, but you can't stay there for so long. And I've, I've noticed that what I end up doing ultimately is like self-sabotaging myself. Mm, I, so. I'll be happy or um, excited about something. And then all of a sudden I'll like flip it and I'll think of all of the negative things or I'll start digging or like, I just, Oh yeah. You know, like I just, 
is it's like it's too good to be it's true. Like I'm waiting for sad. the other shoe to drop. Oh, gotcha. And I so, do that sometimes. Yeah, and then so I'm just kind of waiting for someone like this buildup, and then I crash. Yeah. And but then when I crash, I'm almost happy again. <laughs> Because I start yeah, writing and creating all of this content and then yeah, yeah, I yeah. get the validation from, you know, external sources and it's just, it's really not a good cycle to be stuck in. Well, it's probably familiar. Your sadness is just like familiar. It is. Yeah. I feel the same way and it's, I'm, I'm making an assumption about you. <laughs> That's okay. That's fine. Yeah. You probably don't want to be blindsided again by a sad event. So when you're feeling happy... And correct me if I'm wrong. I'm just like thinking up the top of my head. No, this is like so if you're far. feeling really happy or things are going really right, you're like, well, fuck, something is probably going to, what's about to happen? Like there's something right around the corner. I know it's going to happen. That's bad. And it's going to catch me off guard. Yeah. So I might as well just get myself sad on my own, like intentionally <laughs> while I have control of it so that I don't. Yeah. I so mean, then, then the fall isn't as hard. Yeah. This, yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of what I do. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's similarities. Right. But yeah, I do that all the time. I, I got to a point after my divorce when I was in a relationship with Taylor. We've been together for like two and a half years. Mm-hmm. And it got to a point, naturally, where you kind of cross like this, I don't know what to call it, like a checkpoint or a breaking point where you're like, okay, if I go any farther, I'm going to start falling in love with this person. Mm-hmm. And if, we, if it doesn't work or she leaves me, which she's probably already thinking about leaving me anyway... Like that's what my brain does. Yeah, it's yeah. gonna fucking suck, <laughs> yeah. and I'm gonna go through this again. So I should protect myself and just like, like create some space between my heart and this relationship. Mm-hmm. So I went to therapy and did life coaching and talked to my, you know, there's smarter pre- people than me, and they're like, "Do you always want to live that way? Do you always want to be alone? Do you always want to live with this event that happened to you that's gonna have control over your future? You are you gonna let this thing?" affect your relationships and I was like well fuck that like no so I just kind of fucking dove in and then it's been two and a half years and it's great like I'm happier than I've ever been yeah but I'm also terrified a lot of the time yeah that's what love (laughs) is I mean it's something that you choose and you you work for and you know it's like you have to experience um you have to appreciate the what is it? How do you say it? Like, you have to appreciate the good in order to or appreciate the sad in order to appreciate Yeah, the, yeah. Like the, whole... the light and dark, the balance, exactly, the polarity. Exactly, the balance. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Like, I wouldn't be able to appreciate how good my relationship is if I didn't have a relationship fail. Exactly. And, yeah. I mean, with you, you can, I mean, appreciate the people in your life that you love that are around and alive because you've experienced such a intense loss god that's so yeah. fucking crazy I, yeah i know yeah um i've been really um processing it more lately actually like really recently um yeah i was gonna so ask you that my oh I, I was just i was curious like how you process it then oh versus now yeah just the timeline of it how you've coped how i've coped like what yeah. it's looked like um for in the beginning i i really couldn't talk about it at all it was um i kind of just ignoring the whole thing, right? Because when I thought about it, I would break down. It was just sad. Like, I couldn't talk about my dad. I couldn't bring up memories. Yeah. None of that. Um, and then little by little, um, I started trying to remember the good moments and would write about it and that kind of thing. But um, 
recently, so my grandpa just passed away in November. Um, and that whole experience was actually kind of traumatizing. And um, more so, I think, because it brought me back to my dad's death just because of certain things. And um, I, I'm, so I'm not like an angry person, right? Like I, I really, I'm really not. Like it's something I don't experience a whole lot. I don't get mad. I don't, yeah. I just don't experience that emotion a whole lot. And recently I've been really mad. Like I've been so angry just at everything. Good. And it's probably good. It, right. It probably is. Probably I, was need talking, to. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was talking to my friends and they're like, you know, I think you've suppressed all of this anger for so long. Yeah. Like finally you, death. I'm mad. <laughs> I'm mad that you took my dad and my grandpa. Yeah. And finally, like it just kind of is like unleashed itself. But yeah, also it's made me, um, it's kind of opened the door back to my dad and memories. And so now I'm trying to kind of come at this differently. I mean, I'm remembering things that, we used to do together like we used to ski and we used to go golfing i haven't skied you can ski in nebraska oh wait canada well probably in canada but um there is skiing where, in nebraska no i don't think so but where we, we lived <laughs> in the panhandle so we were like 15 30 minutes to colorado and wyoming the panhandle of what oh panhandle of nebraska so if you look at nebraska I thought it, looks it was like, a square it looks like a pan oh i thought that was oklahoma well, kind of actually. That looks <laughs> My geography looks... is terrible. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. I'm... <laughs> so Nebraska, it's on the Panhandle is next to Colorado. Yes, and okay, Wyoming. Cool. So it's like Got thirty it. minutes to Colorado. Um, I think like an hour to Wyoming. So we we skied all over Colorado. Nice. Um, together. And um, recently, I started golfing again because, but I wouldn't do those things because it reminded me of my dad. Right. Mm. Um. So. How long did you avoid them for? like 10 years like i, I did so not... this year is like the time that yeah. you're like finally starting to come around yeah like this summer i started wow. golfing and um this winter i'm actually i'm gonna go skiing like it's a goal like i'm gonna go do it just gonna be sobbing the whole time i don't think you'll so you'll have goggles you'll be fine nobody can see <laughs> no, it <laughs> no no one will know no one will know what was um, the so what, if i can ask what was the catalyst if i can use that word for yeah. like you like 10 years why 10 years what 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 switched this year that made you I don't Honestly, know, want to face I, the emotions. I, I don't know. I think I think I've just done a lot of growing. Like ever since I I published the book last year, last summer. Um, yeah, it's been a year already. That's crazy. Um, that is cool. Yeah. Is it narrated like on Audible? No. Some people said I should do that, but that's I don't know. I mean, it might be weird to listen to poems, but it would be cool to hear them in your voice because poetry, I feel like, is so, there's like a cadence to it mm-hmm. and sometimes rhyming and uh, like a, just a lot of emotion. So it'd be really cool to hear it from like your my, voice. Like my take on it. Yeah, because it's so incredibly vulnerable to you. Mm-hmm. It'd be pretty cool. That's true. Maybe. Plus, I hate reading books. I like to listen to them. <laughs> yeah. That's how a lot of people are. They're like, do you have a, you know. An audiobook, please. Audiobook, play it in the car as like, I'm driving, that kind of thing. Yeah. But sad, though. I don't think people are going to... Just, dude, sometimes the car is the best place to break down. That, yeah, that's true. Just tint your windows and mm-hmm. have a sob fest. No one will know. Nobody's yeah. going to know. How would they know? Wait, so so you're not really sure? <laughs> you're not really sure what was the... There was no like particular event, no. Um, I've just... I don't know. I just... I've been trying to do a lot of self growth and so i listen to like motivational things and Mm -hmm. 
Jordan Peterson is actually like you like Jordan Peterson. I love Jordan Peterson. Yes. I don't think I've ever met a woman that likes him. Really? No. Oh God, I listen to him all the time. I read his book. Uh, wow. So good. I mean, I just kind of recently discovered him uh-huh. through the Joe Rogan podcast. Yes. Some a dude and a, obviously a fan. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I discovered Jordan Peterson, and I was like, oh, this guy is like. It feels like he just talks to men, usually. Like his audience is mostly men. Yeah. But but also, I mean, what he says, you know, women, anyone can really, like, learn from it. True. You know, he has this thing where he says that, um, you know, you should be a monster. I've right? heard that line, yeah. Yes, yeah, but just learn how to control it. I yeah, mean, he said I, that on the Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah, yeah. And Do you so, listen to Joe Rogan, too? No, I've seen um, clips of his podcast. Yeah. Because um, he interviews other people. Yeah, he interviews other people and stuff, too, but I don't actually just... I don't think I follow him, but, mm-hmm. um, but no, anyone can really learn and grow from that too. I mean, I think women, we're just, we're meant to be small. Like people see us as we're weak and we're, you know, right. we don't, and that's kind of how I am. I feel how I've been and I don't want to be that way anymore. I mean, I let people walk all over me and You're gonna I, be a controlled monster. Yes. Hell yeah. 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 Unleash um, the beast. Level up, right? Go skiing. <laughs> <laughs> Go skiing. Yes. Play some but, golf. I mean, I, I just, I avoid conflict. I don't do confrontation very well. I'm good mm. with my words and so I can de-escalate a situation if I need to, mm-hmm. which is usually what I do. Um, or I just kind of like, I shrivel up. Like if I get into, if I'm upset about something and I voice my opinion to whoever it is, but then they come back at me, then I'm like, I I feel like I'm the one always keeping the peace, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll be like, okay, well, I understand how like what I did prompted your reaction, yada yada, and then I'll just kind of oh yeah, you know, submit what, defeat. What makes even you though... like shy away from confrontation? I don't know. Just want it. You just a I peacemaker. Just, yeah, I just I don't know. I just I just don't. I don't like it. Like I've never been in a fight, like a physical fight. Mm-hmm. Mostly because I just know I would lose, you know? So, like, why put yourself into that situation? Yeah. I just, no, I mean, I might be able to get ghetto if I get, like, mad enough, right? But I don't, maybe yeah. one good hit, but I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not fast. So, it's not like I could run away. Well, if you're good <laughs> with your words, me. I mean, that's probably what you use as your weapon, if you will. Yeah, but I don't, like, but also no, because... You just use it to de-escalate. Yeah. Right. Um, And, and... I use it to connect with people in a sense. So like if we are mad and we're fighting, then I'm good at telling you why what you did hurt me. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're really good at articulating your emotions? Yes. God, I'm terrible at that. Really? Yeah. I'm really bad. <laughs> oh. I'm, I'm very inarticulate. Oh. I feel like my words are uh, not my strength. No. What do you do? do you, like, are you avoidant? Do you just disappear? Yes. Yeah. yeah. When I when emotions are high, mm-hmm. I uh, yeah I leave just to like calm down and gather my thoughts. I'm not afraid of confrontation. Mm-hmm. It's just when I'm in it, I I just have a hard time. Like I, I always leave. I'm like, God, I should have said that. Like that would have been so much better. Yeah. I just can't really think of anything on the spot. I yeah. get. I don't really know what happens. I just kind of shut down. So I like to. I'm okay with confrontation in calm situations, like a calm conflict. Mm-hmm. And I don't mind it at all. Right. I enjoy intellectual conversations. Yeah. Um, 
like this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I love talking about my emotions, mm-hmm. sometimes to a fault. Like that was, that's just all I would do if I had the option. Yeah. I just like live in my emotions like mm-hmm. a Pisces. So typical. So I'm trying to like create balance for my logical mind and give my, my brain some space to do its job too. Mm-hmm. Um, but when emotions get high and it gets heated and there's like yelling, then I'll just, I'll just leave. I won't, I won't stay in a heated conflict. That's fair. I don't think I've really been in a lot of like yelling conflicts. I haven't either. Like I've had people yell at me, but then, but then I just kind of, I, I do the whole submit thing. I'll be like, okay. But then I'll, you know, like after they're done yelling, I'll be like, so, but... Like, I understand that you're mad and like, I'm, I'm sorry that I've, you know, mm. I've escalated it to this point. It's like, I understand, like, I didn't realize you were going to get so upset talking about this or whatever it yeah. is or, um, but, and then I'll kind of try to get back to what do we do to resolve it? I'm like yeah. a fixer. Like I want to fix things. I'm, you know, which, and not everyone wants to fix things. Not everyone wants to. Yeah. I'm kind of the and opposite. That's kind of the problem. Exactly. I'm yeah. like, nah, just, I don't want a solution right now. I just want to talk about my feelings and say how mad I am. Yeah. <laughs> and Taylor's like, she's like you. Yeah. And she's like, well, let's fix this. You know, like if I have a problem, mm-hmm. like, oh, I can't, I can't decide if I want to buy this thing or I can't just whatever, like any kind of a problem Yeah. because I'm so indecisive. She'll just like solution mode. Let's fix it. Let's find a solution. I'm like, no, I just want you to listen to me. Yeah. I just want you to like. Just, give me a hug and just let me just express love, myself. Just love me. Just let me <laughs> yeah. love you. But I mean, it, there's a there's a middle ground for sure. Like mm-hmm. come together to. Because I would not want to date somebody who's exactly like me. Yeah. Because we would never get anything done. That's fair. So it's nice to have somebody who's opposite where we can I can learn something from her. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry tangent. Oh no, you're fine. Tangents tangents are good. Yeah. So. Tell me about like, what was the process for your book? Did you have to like, because I've thought about I actually, doing books. I put it together pretty quickly, but only because I already had so much content. I already wrote so much. So then it was a matter of filtering out like what works, what doesn't like, what makes mm. sense. And then, um, did you have to get an editor and all that? No, I did it all myself. Wow. Um, I sent it off to a, a, um, a printing company in Southern California, Camper the name of it but so they printed the book because you can do like um printing through amazon like kdp um, oh yeah and i i tried that but then i got a copy of the book and i didn't like it it just looked oh. small and and not nice oh, you know gotcha. like yeah yeah just the quality wasn't what i wanted it yeah. to be so naturally then i went elsewhere and i did that but um i I mean, my, my poems are about mental health. They're about feelings and that kind of thing. So actually, like, my chapters are the five stages of grief, mm-hmm. which I thought was pretty clever. That is clever. <laughs> so, um, and then I just put the poems um, in each chapter. Like, you know, when I was going through this, I wrote these, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Have you had a lot of sales? I have, yeah. And I was... Dude, nice. I was really surprised. Like, I honestly, I didn't think it was going to do super great or like you know um just like close friends and family maybe but a sure. lot of people a lot of people bought the book and then where can you buy it at like just Amazon? I have, so i have a website um oh, okay. yeah it's in my instagram and then there's a link tree go to my oh, website gotcha. yeah um 
that way it's just that way i just i get the profit versus going through i can do it like on amazon yeah it's like away from the mic um (laughs) it's okay (laughs) or or like etsy or something but um yeah and then it was really cool i i get a lot of messages um from people just saying thank you and um how much it's helped them yeah and i just it's just so it's so cool because i mean that wasn't I just, like I said before, I mean, I write for myself. It was just because I needed to do it for me to get through whatever I was going through. Mm -hmm. And then now having the mindset of like, well, it's, if it can help someone else along the way, then that's just kind of the cherry on top. Mm -hmm. Just a little bonus. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. That's, uh, God, I think it's so important to do something like that, that you're good at. That's like an outlet for you. Mm -hmm. It's about you. That's vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And then to share it. Mm-hmm. I think it's very courageous to do that kind of thing. Um, this, this podcast, I, I talk a lot about a lot of really vulnerable things like my divorce, my failed relationships, my struggle with religion, mm-hmm. um, like therapy, all kinds of stuff. And I bring people on who like struggle with suicide. Um, and I don't know, just all kinds of stuff, mm-hmm. whatever they want. Yeah. And then, just to share it out there, like talk about it openly. I don't know. I get a lot of people like same as you, people will respond to me or to my guest Mm -hmm. and they'll say like, thank you for sharing your experience. And it's, it's very personable. People can just like be listening to it while driving. So it's very accessible. Yeah. And it's like just a few hours. You can listen to it in a couple chunks Mm -hmm. and it normalizes like just reality. I feel like Instagram Facebook, Twitter, like all those places, you're only getting a few characters and a few like, like the people, your haters, they see just like a tiny fraction (laughs) of your life. They make a judgment about you and think that your life is perfect. Mm -hmm. So why is she talking about such sad things? Mm -hmm. And they get mad, but they don't know your whole story. But with a book or with a podcast, something that's long form, they can hear your entire opinion all the way through. They can see your story and how you got to an opinion or how you got to a perspective or why you're so sad you yeah and it's relatable people everybody's going through something crazy Mm -hmm. like death is a common thing lots of people experience death yeah and then the reason i say it's courageous and really i think cool is because it probably helps you i mean it helps me with this podcast to talk about divorce because a lot of people get divorced yeah and it makes me feel less alone Mm -hmm. a lot of people reach out or especially the church thing. Whenever I talk about church, a lot of my audience is like ex-Mormon apparently mm-hmm. or still Mormon. Yeah. And they have, they, they just have a lot of similar feelings and experiences that I do. So we share a lot of like anger or a lot of frustrations. Mm-hmm. But have you experienced things like that? Like uh, feelings of not being alone with people talking to you about your book? Um. Yes. So I guess, I mean, I personally wasn't, well, yeah. Okay. I guess it's funny. I have to try, I have to like to talk about it. I almost have to go back into that mindset. Cause I was, at first I was like, well, I haven't, I never really felt like alone. Like I, I Mm. know that everyone feels this way. Right. Mm. But there would be certain things specifically for sure where I was like, fuck, like, no one else gets upset like this, like I do, or yada, yada. Um, I mean, it's one thing to, like, know that people get divorced or people die. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. There's some, even for me, like, I, I, when I got divorced, I just felt 
super alone. Yeah. Because I know nobody in my circle had been divorced, at least not that many. Right. I don't know. So I'm, I'm not saying that like, did you just not know that people die and you felt like you were the only person that experienced it? I just mean like, was it helpful to... It, it, felt, it felt good to have people um, acknowledge what I was doing. I mean, um, when people tell me that, you know, my writing was good or they like, thank you for... Like, I feel this way too. It It does... It helps me... I don't know. I don't kind know. Just build a community. Yeah. Like, um, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. For me, it just helped me to feel like, yeah, I don't know. There's other people out there that are just struggle with it too. Yeah. Like just to have people that know your story, like it feels good to be known and seen by people. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's what I mean. Cause my life is very public. Everyone is, everyone's sad, right? Like everyone, yeah. everyone gets sad and it's just, um, you have, you can't lose hope. And so it felt good when people would reach out because it, it kind of gave me hope to keep, to keep mm. going, to keep doing this, to keep writing, to, you know, like, like what I I'm like doing. I like your answer better than mine. I was feeling like, I just want people to be sad with me. Oh, no. <laughs> I just don't want to be alone in my <laughs> sadness. Come cry with me. Right. No. Um, so it gave you hope. It gave me hope. Yeah. And that's good. You know, I think like what I'm what I'm trying to do. Um, I don't know if it's what I guess I'm trying trying to do, but um, when people read my stuff, like I I want it to be like a roadmap, right? Like, okay, well, I was sad, and I you know I had a moment in my life where I wanted to die, and. Um, you know, I've, I've gone through so many different things and, but guess what? Like I'm still successful. Um, I still can be happy. I can have, you know, I'm a good mother. I have a good job. I, I, I model, I, I do all of these things, you know? So it's, I'm trying to show both worlds and that's why like with, with social media, I mean, initially everyone's like, oh, well, she's perfect or, you know, sure. her life is great. And it's like, well, no, it's not, but it's, it's, what do you do about it? You know, these are the cards that you've been dealt. Mm -hmm. So you can either kind of wallow and be sad forever, or you can, you know, kind of feel that and experience it and then grow from it. Mm -hmm. Like the thing that I'm trying to show people is that it gets better. Like you have, you have to move on. You have to grow. You have to heal. Mm -hmm. And um, healing is such a scary thing to do. It really is. Like if you think about it, because, um, I feel like in order to heal, you really have to sit with whatever it is you're dealing with, or you have yeah. to go back, which is almost worse because, you know, um, like with my dad, like I, I shoveled it down for so long and, um, now it's kind of like ripping off the bandaid. Like I have to kind of dive back in. Like, that sucks. Like, I'm mad at you that you did that. Like, mm -hmm. that was selfish. And, um, ooh, I'm like, emotional. You like, dude, bring it on. <laughs> Here it is. <laughs> um, I'm awkward. I, like, sometimes, like, when I'm, like, sad and stuff, I'll, I'll make weird noises. There's a blanket I'll, right there. You can grab it just, and snuggle just, it. Just cuddle it. It's fine. <laughs> um, go get a cat for you. <laughs> I'm actually, like, severely allergic to cats and oh. dogs. But wow. that's a different story for later. I'm fine. Like, Good. I'm, I'm glad I put them away. No, no they're fine. I, I have I have cats. So. Oh, really? Yeah. I just, but you're allergic. I know. 
Hold on, we're deviating. <laughs> I don't want you to get away from. It. I don't want you to get... <laughs> see what I did there. I kind of straight off, but uh, back to healing. Um, yeah, yeah. But I see, hear exactly. You. We we avoid it because it's uncomfortable. Yeah, it we don't. Hurts. We don't. We don't want to feel that. We don't want to talk about it. But you know, life. Like I feel your cycle won't change in the way that you want it to. You're just going to be back in the self destructive cycle. If you don't, if you yeah. don't heal, if you don't address what it is, you know, if, it, if it's a relationship, like if you can't let go of a person, why? Mm-hmm. What about that person can you not let go of, you know? And a lot of the times it's not even the person. It's just, it's more of ourselves. Like we think yeah. we don't deserve better. We think we can't get anyone better, mm. you know? Good point. Um, with my abandonment issues, it's like... I didn't think I had abandonment issues, but it's like I'm always waiting for the other shoe to drop versus being present versus being in the moment. It's like, um, like right now is all that matters. Like mm. if you're if you're with somebody or if or if you're alone and it, it's so nice outside today, like it's yeah. beautiful. If you're on a drive, yeah, that is what you're doing right now in this moment. You're driving and you're happy. Just feel that. Be that, you know. We worry and we get so wrapped up in what our what's going on around us and what's going on in our world, like what tomorrow brings, what what damage yesterday caused, and um, it's just I don't know. But so it's constantly taking you out of the present moment. Exactly, and um, but but healing is scary because you just have to just just processing it just going back to that dark yeah. place you have to think about it feel the emotions yeah and it's, and, and, and it's scary and and if you worked so hard to get out of it you don't want to go back into it right but sometimes you have to go back into it right because to... burying it takes work yes. just stuffing it down covering covering it up with your sweeping it under the rug it's mm-hmm. it takes a lot of work too mm-hmm. and then to have to dig it all back up yeah. Uh, yeah. And then it's hard. you worry like, am I strong enough? Like, am I gonna be oh. back in this dark place for so long? Or oh yeah. Just as long as last time because I'm bringing myself back here. Like, or... I almost killed myself then. Like, what's to say that I'm gonna survive this time? Exactly. And... It's gonna come out the same way that it went in. Uh-huh. It's gonna feel the same. Yes. But yeah. it's a matter of trusting yourself and being able to recognize the signs. I mean. um and and what you can do to to get yourself out of that place. Mm. It's almost like testing yourself, right? Yeah, like having some kind of a healthy distraction or a healthy coping mechanism to Yeah. Keep which yourself. which is why I write. Like I Oh yeah. Yeah. There so you go. It, it's how I it's how I cope with everything. And now like, you're gonna go golfing. Right. And skiing. <laughs> and skiing. Just to process more of it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I think there was a there was a something that I learned um that was kind of a game changer for me in this whole topic. Mm-hmm. Because I was um, always thinking about the future, constantly. Like, is this is my partner going to want to be with me forever? Am I? Are my parents going to be alive forever? Mm-hmm. You know, when you're a kid, you think that way, and then as an adult, it just kind of carried over. And it was the thought, like, kind of the light bulb that went off was, no amount of worrying that you do about the future is going to change. Like. If the other shoe is going to drop, it's going to drop. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that you can do. I mean, maybe there's some things you can do if if the scenario allows. Maybe there's some control. But most of the time, you don't have any control over the future and other people's behavior and exactly. death. You just don't. And so the only thing that you can... The thing that provided me with comfort 
was trusting that if, because I was cheated on in my last relationship. So that was just my fear. That was the baggage that I brought into my current relationship. Mm -hmm. And I just learned to trust myself that if I was going to get cheated on again, I, I knew that I could trust myself to recognize the signs and to be able to walk away. Yeah. And if I survived it last time, I can survive it again. But this time I'll probably be a bit more graceful. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, hopefully, you know, second yeah. time around. Yeah. But anyway, that was, that was something that, I don't know, just helped me to be more comfortable in the present moment and just like allow whatever is going to happen to just happen. Mm-hmm. Just surrender to it. You can only control yourself and what you do and how you react to the situation, how you react mm-hmm. to whatever it is. You can't control other people. You can't. Yeah. Yeah. Which probably provides you with a little bit less guilt, right? By your dad. He can't control his behavior. Right. Yeah. I mean. I mean, you were mad. You All you can do is just honor your own emotion. Yeah. So. Yeah. But, I mean, I get it. Yeah. No, I don't. It's, pretty, it's pretty intense. <laughs> it is. It's a lot. Did you go to therapy? Do you like therapy and stuff? I did, yeah. I think I think therapy is awesome. I really do. People are like, well, I don't want to go to therapy because, you know, it's like a, a huge Scary. stigma around it. Yeah. Um, but, no, it really, it really helped a lot. And there's still things that, like, my, the therapist told me that I used um, today. I mean, um she did this like jar scenario right where um imagine you're holding a jar and then all of your bad feelings all your bad thoughts put them in that jar and then seal it up and you put it on the shelf do we have the same therapist (laughs) my therapist had the same thing yeah (laughs) yeah but then also on that note she said now imagine you have a box Mm -hmm. in that box put your most precious memories with your dad put them in that box Mm -hmm. Now put them on the top shelf also. It's been a while, but, um, but then make sure to grab that box when you need it. Like the jar you want to just, like it's there, it's on the top shelf. We're going to ignore it. We're going to forget about it. Right. But the box, it's your memory box. And this is all just like mental, right? Imagination. Yeah. Can you actually have an actual jar? Well, if you want to, probably. I'm sure you no, can. can't. It's against rules. <laughs> it's Not gotta be fake. Put all your notes in there. I actually do have a memory box, a real one, oh. but it has like cards and notes from like loved ones oh. in it. Um, nice. That's fun cool. memories and stuff. Do you dive into it often? Not often, no. But like once a year, or like when I really need to, like I'll just just cry and cry. Yeah. It. Well, I don't know that I, I don't really cry, but it just kind of. It almost like, I don't, I don't even know how to explain it. It's just a lot of emotions. Yeah. Happy, sad. Yeah. And, and it's funny. I'm just so thankful that I even have that. Mm-hmm. Like, especially nowadays, we don't have handwritten stuff. We don't get letters from right. family in the mail anymore, really, you know? Never. And so the fact that I have handwritten notes, like, I don't have a lot from my dad. Um, I really don't. I have, I don't know, like two, I have like one drawing that he did, and then I have two handwritten things. Um, which are my, my memory box. Mm-hmm. I have, cause I have the phones with like our messages on it still, but I think the phones are broken. I just have hope that someday that like, I'll salvage the text messages on there. You know, I don't know. Um, that's cool. But, um, yeah, that's intense. Yeah. I, I, I don't know why nostalgia makes me so sad. Yeah. Whenever I feel any kind of nostalgia, I just want to weep. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's because I had a good childhood too. Like yeah. I had a really good childhood and then being an adult's fucking hard. 
It is. So you kind of long for the past. I wonder why you struggle. Like maybe like we struggle more. <laughs> yeah. On that because we struggle more moving forward. I know I do. I str- I've noticed actually like I struggle moving forward because I pictured my life going differently. I pictured it being different. Oh yeah. I want to do all the things that I did as a kid, and it's like, I mean, I can, but it's definitely not the same. Right. So you're kind of grieving this like ex- expectation of a. Future. Of a future that I created. Yeah, yeah. Head. You're like, yeah. this is my life should be different. Yeah. And say, like, and you can't do that. You can't mourn a future that hasn't happened. Yeah. You know, it's mourning something that doesn't exist. Exactly. And so many of us do that with yeah. relationships, with with jobs, with everything. Yeah, with so. loved ones, family. Like, mm-hmm. I think that some of my family members, um, I don't know this to be true, but I've, I feel like some of them still view me as the old me Mm -hmm. and i'm i'm very different than i used to be Mm -hmm. two three years ago um and i think that some of them had to go through like a grieving process like this old version of me that kind of like even my sister she was here the other day we were doing a podcast and i used to be like really really goofy and weird and just like silly it was like a main staple of my personality yeah and i've kind of like matured and just become a bit more serious yeah and she's like i miss like the old weird yamen where you'd like do weird shit and post it on the internet it's like i mean like i have clients i have to you know uphold some I kind have of an image i can't I have do dignity that <laughs> um but yeah just when it comes to like really big things when a person changes a lot of people want to hold on to this you know, identity that they have of you or had of you mm-hmm. and this, I don't know, just what they meant to you, the, p- the position that you held in their life and they want to keep you there because it's comfortable. It's what they know. It's familiar. Yeah. And as you grow as a person to do what's best for you, which is nobody else's fucking business, people get mad mm-hmm. because they want you to be a different way, but you don't, we don't owe anybody anything. Yeah. We're allowed to change and grow and I don't know. That makes me mad, but it's hard when it's like, I want to have relationships with these people. Like I love them. Why can't you just accept me for who I am now? Like I'm still a decent person. Yeah. I maybe just swear more and have longer hair and drink, (laughs) but it's not like that bad. Yeah. Maybe this is a better me. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm curious about your emotional comfort zone. So you said that you really thrive in your sadness. Yes. Do you feel, and you've said a couple of times uh, throughout our conversation that you're like you're not an angry person or you people see you as like a sad person do you consider yourself like do you attach an emotion emotional identity to like you who you are i have yes and that's it's funny like this this new year i'm trying to shift and become honestly i feel like i'm trying to become a different person i'm trying to like kind of break that break the cycle right but um, yes, I, I always considered myself a sad person. Like I've had, I'll be on dates and people will be like, um, are you happy? <laughs> My name's Angelina and I am sad. <laughs> I am a sad person. This is Angeline Wolf and I am sad. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Do you remember uh, the episode with Cody? My name is Cody Porter and I have issues. Yeah. That would have been yeah. hilarious. We're like, my name is Angie and I'm sad. My name is Angie. I'm, I'm sad. That, that is I have I'm... a lot of depth of sadness. <laughs> yes. Buy my book. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like I didn't pin that on myself initially. 
that was like your tinder profile <laughs> right sad yeah. sad no um but it's almost like other people have kind of pinned that on me also um like that sadness has become my identity and i i don't love it but also at the same time it's not like being sad being sad isn't a bad thing it doesn't right. make you a bad person i mean i no, it's there for you a know, reason um, I mean, people look at me and they're like, you're not sad. You're fine. I'm, look at, I'm giggly and shit, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you seem I, happy. Exactly. Are you sad right now? No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm happy right now. <laughs> but but exactly. I mean, you can be sad, but also, but while you're sad, you can still be happy. You can, uh, All of it. Um, yeah, multiple emotions can exist at the same time. Exactly. Yes. Um, uh, but yeah, people will be like, are you, are you happy? Like, are you a happy person? And I'll just be like... Um, I mean, I'm happy, but I consider myself like a sad person, but then I'll kind of continue to be like, but that's not a bad thing. And then, but then I explain it in a sense where, I mean, cause like I said, I thrive off of my sadness and when I'm sad, I accomplish a lot of shit. Right. I accomplish a lot of good things. Like my, I, my career is birthed out of sadness. It really my, has. It really has. My daughter was birthed out of sadness <laughs> and she saved my life. Like sadness saved my life. Yes, there's. <laughs> Yeah, it's like sadness has become my friend. You know, yeah. sadness is there for me more than happiness is. Yeah. And um, so interesting. Most people try to push sadness away, mm-hmm. but you're just like, give me sadness. I, I embrace it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, but I'm learning how to do it. I'm trying to learn how to do it in more of a healthy way. So maybe just like more balanced. Exactly. More balanced versus, yeah. And, but I, I recognize it now. Before I didn't recognize it. Um, I go into my hole. That's what my friends call it. They, mm. they know it's like a roller coaster, and um, I get quiet. I kind of become mm. antisocial, and I don't. I, I disappear. Yeah. Even just for short amounts of time, like a few days or a week, I'll just disappear. Into your sad I'm hole. Just leave me alone. I'm just, just gonna lay here and, and I die. Feel like that all, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I the reason I ask is because. I've been trying to adjust the way that I think about emotions mm-hmm. and not attach them to who I am as a person, like my identity. Like right. I am Ammon. I'm not sadness. Mm-hmm. Like that movie Inside Out. Yes. Where they're all just, you know. They're the emotions. Yeah. The, yeah. You are you. Uh-huh. You just have all these emotions that exist inside of you all the time. Mm-hmm. And you experience them one at a time, sometimes two at a time, sometimes all of them. And it's weird and you feel strange and awkward yeah um but you're just like a human being that's experiencing the emotion of sadness and that emotion happens to be familiar for you because you've experienced so much of it in your life um so i don't know i i feel like so many times people are just like reaching for happiness and when it finally comes they like grip onto it and they don't want to let it go mm-hmm. and then when it goes like they sink back into their depression because they are constantly striving for happiness right and I think that if people could just like, and that's the whole thing with like healing and being more present, yeah. you just have to appreciate the moment as it is. You have to accept the fact that like this too shall pass. Mm-hmm. You think like you're happy. Well, it's going to go away. You're sad and you think nothing is going to get better. Like the sun isn't going to rise. Well, guess what? The sun does come up yeah. every day. You know, like yeah. it's sometimes in Oregon though, it's very gloomy for like a long time. That's fair. Especially in the summer when it's just smoke. It's like, yeah, the sun's coming out, but not for like a few months. And I don't know if I can make it. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, no, some periods are longer than others, you know, but yeah. it is, it's more about being, being present. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Life's weird. I don't think that there's like, 
like you say, you want to have a healthier relationship with sadness. I I don't even know. I don't know what that looks like. Yeah, what does that even look like? <laughs> you could just be sad if you feel sad. Yeah, just feel it. I guess. I think. I mean, it really, I think it's just about recognizing the signs. Like, okay, well, shit, this. I'm. I don't feel great today. Like, I. I kind of. I think I'm gonna be sad. And then, but having tools to get yourself out of it, I think, is what's the most important. What do you do that makes you happy? What brings you joy? Who around you? You know, or what is it that keeps making you sad? Is it a person? Is it a thought? Yeah. I mean, like yeah. we really can't. I guess we technically we can control our thoughts, but at the same time, we really can't. You know, it's just it's just chaos. In well, there, right? like I mean, you can you can try to be, you can try to think positive thoughts. But sure, like you can't control them coming up, but you can control like what you do with them exactly. and how you act on them. Yeah. And if you decide to dwell on them or something. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, what what keeps making you sad? Well, can you remove that? Is there something that you can do to help yourself? Like, and then a lot of times it's discipline, mm. you know, we, yeah. or, but it's just, it's hard. I mean, it's easier said than done. I can say that as much as I want. There's still things that I struggle with or I can't let go of people or I can't move on or. Yeah. You know, I'm dwelling on this or that or what ifs. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know, just finding things that can help you pull pull yourself out of it is just yeah. good. If, if it's Sometimes writing, if it's tricky. art, if it's being around friends, if it's going on a hike, if, yeah. whatever it is, you know. Sometimes that's tricky, like to find a healthy coping mechanism, especially mm -hmm. if you have like an addictive personality, personality mm -hmm. or you just kind of go towards unhealthy things because it's easier and quicker mm -hmm. like who wants to go fucking hiking that's right in winter yes in oregon <laughs> yeah it's so cold here but you know you can write but i don't like to write mm -hmm. um but yeah i don't know yeah it's it's hard to find like a healthy coping mechanism it is that's like a whole thing too yeah um i'm so curious like i'm fascinated that you listen like you're a fan of jordan peterson oh yeah what else have you learned from him that you have like gotten a lot from? well how it all started was once upon a time i was depressed Ooh, story time <laughs> <laughs> story time story time um no once, um i just got out of a relationship this was a few years ago and i was just like i was distraught it just hit me hard harder yeah. than it should have honestly but anyways um and so <laughs> what do you mean <laughs> Harder okay. than it should have. Okay. I always say that. I don't know. I just, I feel like things, I just don't handle breakups well. I just, and I just don't handle, like, I just don't handle certain things well. Well, maybe and because you're. Maybe it's aban uh, the abandonment issue. Emotionally like, very in touch <laughs> with your emotions. And so you just feel really deeply. That, that could be. I feel like, too. and this is just my own opinion, my thoughts. Uh -huh. I feel like people that do well with breakups, mm -hmm. quote unquote, well. For the audience, <laughs> Good and good. people who do well with breakups, they just are, they don't process the emotions. They're just like, or they didn't love the person at all in the first place. So it's not even a big fucking deal. They're like, yeah, whatever. Fair. Yeah. I was trying to get out of that relationship anyway. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, so no, you're no, going no, you're through right. a relationship that you took the breakup really hard. Yeah. I was distraught. And, um, so I'm like, well, I don't want to be like this anymore. <laughs> I want to be happy again. And so I was trying to figure out, okay, what, like, I'm going to start my morning off differently. So then, because I, usually I wake up and I get ready and I just have music on or whatever. Yeah, standard um, wake up. 
Yeah. <laughs> now beginning to a day. Now I started I started searching like motivational videos on YouTube. That's it, just motivational videos mm-hmm. and little snippets like um, would play in the morning. And I listened to like TD Jakes. Um, he has a lot of. He's a. Um, I haven't heard a, of him. He's a pastor, uh, but he does. He does a lot of. There's a lot of motivational stuff. Like it's not even like on religion. It's just about it's a lot life. of self help stuff out there. Yes. Well, Jordan Peterson's very religious, isn't he? It's like pretty he is. Christian. Yes, he is. But um, but it kind of just compiled all of different people together. Les Brown and um, uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza is another one. I love him too because he talks about the mind and thoughts and how you can rewire your brain. Um, yeah. Do you listen to Alan Watts? Yes. Super good. Yes. So like, kind of like ethereal and out there, kind mm-hmm. of like hippie. But it's good. Mm-hmm. So I, I really cool. started listening to that in the morning, and um, then I found yeah Jordan Peterson. He kind of really I just resonated with a lot of things that he said, and makes you want to be a better person, and makes you um, he's not afraid to say like the tough the bad things. And yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. It does make you feel like you want to be less of a bitch, at least for me. <laughs> like you know what? Like yeah. But he tells you like to take. To- like take responsibility for your life. Like yeah. that's that's almost like his main message, you know. It's like every what everything that you do matters and um a lot of society is trying to like blame shift and mm-hmm. yeah, I guess just blame other people for yeah, their struggle. Point, point fingers and all this stuff. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like it, it's you, like yeah. How can you take this control back into your own life mm-hmm. what can you do that's in your control mm-hmm. to fix it yourself yeah yeah that's true yeah yeah it's just so fascinating I, I always whenever i listen to him i feel like he's always talking to men like he even said in that quote he says like i always tell young men mm-hmm. you should be a monster be a monster yeah so, and learn how to control but it. that's cool that you found a way to relate it to yourself mm-hmm. it's that's that's cool important i feel like i i mean i I don't have a lot of like female friends. Like I feel like a lot of my friends are men, and I know that's a really? whole, it's a whole different topic because everyone's like, well, they're not like your friends. They're you can't have friends of the opposite sex. Well, but yada, yada. what is your experience with them? Are they actually your friends? Yeah. 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 So then, fuck those people. <laughs> God haters. <laughs> like she can't have guy friends. She's too pretty. Yeah. They all just have a motive. Well, I just feel like. Um, my experience is like women don't like me really like mm. right off the bat. I mean, even like at, at portrait slam, for example, um, I didn't know this. I became friends with one of the photographers and she came up to me later and, um, like just randomly, I think she was like, you know, I'm really glad that we became, I got to know you. And, um, she's like, cause everyone was saying how you're just full of yourself and, um, yada, yada. And I was just like, what, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> I'm really like I'm down to earth and I'm friendly like I want to be friends with everybody you know and um but I feel like people look at me and maybe I just have like a mean mug face or like a resting bitch face right (laughs) maybe that's what it is I don't know but um a lot of women like they just look at me and they're like automatically they don't like me Um, it was really hard for me to make friends when I first moved here too especially because I mean making friends it's different when you grow up in the area. You went to school together. You're around yeah. each other a lot. But when you move to somewhere, somewhere completely new, you don't know anybody. You really have to break out of your shell. Yeah. 
And um, I worked in retail and for a while, and I didn't like that. I just, I don't love working with women either, just because there are, a lot of women are just, they're just catty, hmm. or, you know, just. Um, God, I feel but, like, uh, yeah. But I work, I, I work with men, like I work for two attorneys, and um, and I just, I love it, and I just, I don't it know. It is kind I, of a male-dominated industry. It is, yeah, this yeah. But personality wise, I just feel like I connect with men. Hmm. Is that weird to say? I don't know. I don't know. But and not to say that, you know, women, women, you know, there's a lot of other women like me, too, who yeah. have my kind of mindset. Like not 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 yeah, yeah, all no, women I've are gossipy that. or I, I've heard that or... from lots of women that yeah. have said that. Um, but I don't know. I feel like I have to be so careful with what I say because I'm in a female dominated industry. Well, I mean, sort of. Like podcast-wise or like the creative the, industry? The creative, like photography. Photography. There's yeah. a lot of female photographers. And I'm starting to become, like, shift more into videography, mm-hmm. which is a bit more male-dominated, I think. I don't know the stats. I need, like, a Google person to fact-check <laughs> me. Run the... Brayden, come. Hi- I'm going to hire you. To... I'll pay you in friends. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry. So, uh, yeah. And I most of my clients are women mm-hmm. anybody who reaches out is a woman even if i'm shooting a family it's not the dude it's not the husband that's like hey i'd love to get my family some photo shoots like no guys do that mm-hmm. in my experience um and i've had a lot of really negative experiences with women in in this career mm-hmm. um i used to be an uber driver when i lived in salt lake when i was i was a firefighter and i did uber driving on the side and all of my worst rides were with women. Like there was this one chick who was super drunk and just like reaching up and just like grabbing me and I had to like walk her to her door at her house. I dropped her off her oh house and she was like trying to come on to me. I'm like, Ugh. this other girl, same thing, just super high, dropped her off and she got out. And I had to get her phone because she lost it, got it from my floorboard. And then she just got out and just pulled her pants down right in front of me and started peeing. Oh my god, that's that's aggressive. Uh, yeah, that is aggressive. That's aggressive. I mean, she was kind of you know, it's still, probably blacked though. out, but still, like, I don't, that's, that's I've just had like really intense yeah. relationships with women, and I mean, I've had some pretty intense experiences with men. Like mm-hmm. my um, my uncle molested me like multiple times, mm-hmm. so I've had. I'm not like uh, I don't have like. A preference i suppose i'm fine with working with men or women mm-hmm. i when i was a kid i did seem to gravitate towards women more like i just made friends they were just less intimidating and i was kind of more of a sensitive shy dude mm-hmm. um but then i you know i joined the fire service and it was 99.9 percent men yeah and i didn't fit in very well but i tried and now that I'm in my 30s, I do find myself, like, craving guy time. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I think it comes with just, like, being confident in myself. But, yeah, I mean, it's not abnormal, I don't think, to, like, girls are scary. Girls are competitive. Girls are, yeah. I don't know. I just, it's just funny. Like, I feel like I've just been backstabbed by women, but the men are always there for me. Like, uh. my, my guy friends are always, they're always there for me. And... Like they, you know, I have a um, friend, um, his name is Clint, <laughs> but uh, when I'm like in my hole, like 
sometimes like he'll just show up and be like, all right, let's go. We're leaving like right now. And I'll be like, no, like I don't fuck you. <laughs> I just want to not talk to anyone or do anything. And he's like, yeah. no, really, like we're leaving right now. I'm like, oh, fuck. And then we'll just go play mini golf or, you know, we'll go golfing or riding yeah, yeah. bikes, you know, That's something. That's so nice to have a friend nice. that just like it's, pulls you out. Exactly. Yeah. And, Important. um, I mean, and, and now I have, um, female friends who do that for me also, um, too, but I feel like, I feel like growing up and for like the first part of my young adult life, I really didn't have a lot of female friends and it's like, I couldn't trust women. Mm-hmm. Um, but but really also it's just kind of about, about, I think it's good to keep your circle small. I really do. Like, I think, you know, you have like a handful of really good friends who are there for you. Yeah. And then, you know. I agree. Yeah. It's way more manageable too. Mm-hmm. They're probably just all like jealous of your looks. Like I don't know. So those are people say. This but... bitch, like, I just want to look like her. Well, I feel like that just sucks. Like, and I get it. Cause like, I'm a woman. Like, and I'll look at someone and be like, oh shit, she's really pretty. Mm-hmm. But see, when I do that... I think she's really pretty. We should fucking be friends. Like, yeah. Like, or I'll go compliment them. You know, compliments go a long way. Like, is that, is your that hair a... is really pretty. Like, I love your outfit. Like, does I... your mind just automatically, has it always just done that? Or have you had to, like, is that a conscious decision that you make to be like, to push away the jealousy or to. No, I, I've, I've always been that way. I mean, hmm. um, I'm, I feel like I'm really not a jealous person. Um, I even say that's like people like I'm in relationships with, like, I'm really not a jealous person. Um, there, I did go through phases, but I noticed that really the only reason why I became jealous was because, um, my partner wasn't trustworthy. Ah. And so it really so you went, had a reason to be. Exactly. It wasn't because like, um, it was more so I was scared of losing that person and it's, um, and you couldn't trust them. Exactly, but I couldn't. I couldn't trust them. Mm. And but yeah, and they combo. but they gave me reasons not to. And so like there would be one specific person, or there would be multiple people, um, where I was like, why are you talking to them? Or you know, but it's because just untrustworthy situations yeah. happened, right? But otherwise, I'm really not a jealous person. Like I'm, I'm confident with who I am, mm-hmm. and um, I have a mindset of like, if you don't. Like, if I have to compete for your attention or if I have to, you know, then I don't want that. Like, I don't yeah. want you, you know, like, yeah, you should be like happy to be with me. You should be thankful. That... What made you so attached to this person and this partner? See, and that's, I know, that's the, the catch 22. Well, um, I was young. Um, the person that I'm thinking of, like I was, I was young and, uh, I thought that we had a future together mm-hmm. and, but there was a lot of cheating going on and so but Ah. i had the mindset of did you know about the cheating yeah i did and Ah. i stayed see so it's just it's just a thing like yeah um i don't know i just i i just i really wanted it to work and my daughter was young and he was around a lot and so it was i just my problem was i had this vision of like i want the family like i want the white picket fence that i had Mm. so that's mom and dad you know, yeah. and a happy, healthy family and yada, yada. And so, but I didn't realize, you know, you have to be with the right person in order to create that. Like a dude that's going to show up and be faithful. and Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
And then I, I was scared of like hurting my daughter because she already became so attached to this guy. Oh yeah. And, and she was, but yeah, she it's was different when you have and, a daughter to think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why did you move to Oregon being from Nebraska? And then, so we were only in Nebraska cause my dad was, um, he worked for Cabela's. He was like a, Oh yeah. He worked for corporate for Cabela's corporate of Cabela's in like, like, like corporate Cabela's. Yeah. Oh, like yeah, headquarters? yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, um, Cabela's, Nebraska, Nebraska, and so, in Sydney. Yeah, <laughs> there's snowboarding apparently and skiing. There's headquarters of Cabela's. Yeah, yeah. What? They started in this little brick building. I I remember Cabela's when it was just small, um, but then of course it <laughs> it grew and it was huge. And so yeah, most people but, have heard of it. I think. Yeah. I thought it was just like cornfields in Nebraska. Well, it is, especially in the panhandle. It's just corn and hay. Oh. It kind of smells like the color brown all the time. It smells like the color brown? Yeah. I weirdly <laughs> know exactly what you mean. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, wait, so then why did you come to Oregon? So, um, we were only there because he, for his job, but all of my family's on the West Coast. Oh, okay. So, my dad's you said side. You were born in California. Yeah. So, my dad's side is in Southern California. My mom's side, we're all up here. Um, yeah, so we moved to be closer to family. So after he passed, you moved back here? Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yep. And you've been here ever since? Yes. Do you like it here in Oregon? I do. I do. Um, Why'd you pick Oregon, though, over going back to Southern California? Honestly, it was my uncle. My, really? Yeah. My, we didn't have anyone in Medford. We had people, um, I had family living in San Francisco, and we had them in Crescent City, but no one was in Medford. Um I enjoy theater. I love theater and mm. I needed to go to Shakespeare. Shakespeare. Yes. And so um, I applied for SOU and I got into SOU. But we only, I only did that because my uncle was like, well, you know, Medford's a good spot. It's in Southern Oregon. It's close to the family. You can get to Crescent City. You can get to us. Yeah. There's an airport there, big theater town, you know. So really yeah. it was my uncle who was Perfect like, this is a good spot. And my mom was like, okay, well, let's go. <laughs> so how did your, um, how did your mom handle do you, have, do you have siblings? I do have a brother. Uh, Older or younger? Uh, younger. He's 21 because he was born in 2000, the year 2000. Ew. Nope. So he went 22 this year. But Yeah, my brother, he just he just turned 21 and he was born in year 2000. Oh. My brother has autism, um, but I did get him to take a sip of um, spiked orange juice. <laughs> you but... got him too. I don't want it. <laughs> well, he's just very... Um, set in his ways a lot mm. of um people with well, autism, autism is like that way. it's like a spectrum isn't it like yeah. you can be very autistic and then yeah so he's mild so he's higher functioning but still yeah but um so i got him to take a drink with me but uh my <laughs> mom 21, you got to take a shot with me yeah i was like you have to it wasn't even a shot it was it was literally a sip and oh. i ha- it took me like weeks of talking like i planted the seed and I kept following up and nurturing it. And then finally, <laughs> <laughs> that's what you have to do. Because I can't just spring it on him. If I would have showed up the morning of, like, hey. Have you ever, like, this might be a weird question. Have you ever used your uh, strength of your words? Which I'm curious about that too. Like what that means. Like, are you just. Like manipulative. Am yeah, I... yeah, yeah. Have you ever used it to like, to, like manipulate people? To like your advantage? I plead the fifth. You. <laughs> You're like, I only use my strength of my words to de-escalate conflict. Oh. Um, you know, it's funny, actually. I've been told by a lot of people that I'm manipulative. Um, and I don't know if that's a good thing. I feel like 
I I've been I called, called that him. too, but it's because of the whole I'm open thing. Right. And people have have sometimes interpreted that as I like tricked them to be more open than they would have been. Mm-hmm. I'm like, bro, I, it's not my fucking fault that you decided to tell me about You shared X, all y, and those Z. things. Yeah, these yeah. things with me. Um, I don't, I mean, I don't do it like on purpose. Like I'm not, I'm not malicious, at, you know. Um, but to get your brother to drink, you're like, that's tastes, fair with with certain things it tastes like what was it again what was the drink it was um spiked orange juice so it was like it a tastes like oranges you're gonna love it well God. yeah because he he drinks orange juice every day that's part of his routine and i was like if i put a little bit of vodka in it i promise you won't taste it mm. but then you're drinking with me so we're you know yeah yeah but i knew in order to get him to do that i had to start ahead of time and kind of groom him <laughs> that's such a terrible <laughs> that sounds terrible yeah that's a bad way to put it yeah. but i know what you mean but yeah, how did your like how did your mom handle your dad's death? Um you know, I don't know. Like my mom, she's such a strong woman. Like she's she's the man of the house. Like she even when my dad was around, like that's just how it is. I mean, we had horses and she she takes care of the horses. She's just she's always doing everything. She does things around the house. You know, my mom's a wonderful woman. And mm-hmm. um naturally, I mean, she was upset. Um and it, it I assume it still affects her. I mean, we don't really talk about it a whole lot. Um, it seemed like you didn't really talk about it at all. That's fair. You know what? I With could, anyone. I don't... Yeah, no. And I don't think we really talked about it. And I don't know why. I guess... I mean, it's different because I lost my dad, but she lost her husband, you know? And... She didn't see it coming either? No. Uh-uh. Um... And that had to be such an incredibly hard thing to go through. Because, I mean, I know, like, when I go through a breakup, right, I'm sad. I'm just, like... You make it sound like you break up all the time. Well, I haven't been in a lot of relationships. I've only uh. been in, like, three, I think, like, in my adult life. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like, I, I date people, like, I see people, but not, like, sure. an actual relationship, yeah. right? Um, and then and it hits me hard because, like, once you're my person, like you're my person yeah like I, and don't abandon I'm me motherfucker all, yeah i'm all in like i love you yeah. and you know i day one well not day one but i know you know it's just i i have a tendency to go into things all in, like just head first yeah right like i don't dip my toes in and figure it out and then you know i do i definitely test the waters and i feel like i should be that person now now i should be like okay let me put my toe in first mm. <laughs> maybe i should stop doing that um Anyways, but like when I go through, when I went through a breakup, like I would be really sad and I had, you know, I still have to be a mom. My, my daughter has needs. Like she she wants to play. Is she full time? Yeah. It's just me and her. Mm. Yeah. Her dad chooses not to be in the picture. So, which is for the best, honestly. That's weird. Like, I just can't imagine. Anyway, sorry. I can't imagine. I don't know. My dad, my dad was very present. I want to be present. I don't really super want kids at the moment. Like we talked about earlier, I mean, right. I'm open, but if I did, like I would be, that's one thing that I'd be all in, but I'm like dipping my toes in the water by like hanging out with my nieces and nephews being like, nah, I'm not ready yet. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like this. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, my mom went through such a big loss and, and, and my mom didn't work cause she was, um, you know, stay at home mom. She took care of me and my brother and Oof, yeah. my dad was a breadwinner. And so then all of a sudden, so we went from, you know, our 
very good lifestyle and mm-hmm. vacations and all that jazz to poverty. Oh, and like no life insurance, anything. You just kind of... Well, see, the way suicide works. Oh, yeah, true. Um, if, if, if With certain policies, if you don't die from natural causes, mm. then all that goes away. So... Um, but you know, I mean, it, we weren't just like stranded, like we wasn't like we were on the street or anything like that, but our lifestyle def- definitely changed. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, so, and then, you know, dealing, she has to grieve, she has to deal with me and my brother grieving, but she's, you know, she has to keep everything in order and, and her daughter got pregnant. <laughs> oh yeah. Now she's about to be a grandma. <laughs> now she'll be a grandmother. She knows wow. damn well I can't support this kid. So that means now we're going to support another child. Like, Dang. So my mom helped me a lot. She still helps me a lot, like, with, with my daughter and everything. But Is she so, here in town? Yes. Yeah. That's cool. Um, But, yeah, so my mom is amazing. Just thinking about how she got through that and goes. And then, you know, if she's sad, I think she keeps it to herself. Like, I, maybe she has moments alone or whatever away from us. Because mm-hmm. I haven't really seen her break down a whole lot. Um, she's got to hold it together. Yeah. So she's she's so strong. I mean, I I want to be like her. And I know I'm not. I'm definitely, like, I wear my emotions on my sleeve. Like, it's, I like to think that when I'm going through something is not obvious. But I have been told otherwise. <laughs> like, I'll show up and, like, the whole, my whole demeanor is off. Like, my energy is just off. Mm. You know, yeah. even if I'm trying to like fake it or something. So, well, some people are just a lot more perceptive to it than other people. Some yeah. people are very oblivious to anything but themselves. That's right. And I mean, I don't know you that well, so I don't know. I couldn't make a judgment on that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I think that sometimes uh, strength is allowing your emotions to exist and to show them and to say like i'm mad or i'm really sad mm-hmm. like i'll cry in front of people i'm a huge weeper i cry all the fucking time yeah which is why i consider myself like or i used to well i, I still do <laughs> like a sensitive person like i just feel really deeply and i just cry a lot mm-hmm. and you know as kids it's healing to cry it's like honestly yeah. i think i think it's good like you have to have a good cry once in a while feels good it does it's it really releases like, so much yes. it's, it's actually it's like your body's way of healing it's because your tears um i think i read this somewhere like your tears um have like the, the stress hormone is in them so it's like your body's way of naturally releasing oh, that i didn't know you, that yeah that fact makes a lot of me, sense but yeah yeah where's brayden we right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we need but, a fact checker but no, yeah, I, I feel cool. like when you like cry, like you really just let it all out. I mean, a lot of times you feel so much better the next day. Like you just, a weight was released. So yeah. it's not a bad thing. I think, I think people like, and that's why I write. I mean, I want to normalize all of this. We have to, we have to talk about it because I think we can just save so many more lives if people or if we just get rid of the taboo of mental health, really. Yeah. I mean, it's especially for men. I mean, it's seen as such a weakness. Yeah. You can't be sad. You can't talk about it you know you can be angry it's, it's manly to be angry and to break things and hit somebody you know <laughs> yeah we're allowed to be mad but you can't be sad now all of a sudden you're weak you know like that's right. i feel like that's that's not okay I know. where does that come from just old school i don't know yeah well i know i wonder where though like did old like who, society who chose? just yeah who, <laughs> who chose decided? that did I, I guess just do maybe it's just typical like more women cry 
more often mm-hmm. or something. And so we're just dainty <sighs> and we're allowed to be small and cry. And yeah. So recently, uh, Jordan Peterson was on the Joe Rogan podcast just like a couple days ago. Okay. And I had a photo shoot in North Bend on the coast. And so I listened. It was like a four hour episode. Nice. I listened to the whole thing. Yeah. And he talks a lot about, um, I mean, he, he's known for talking about transgendered people mm-hmm. and they talk about it in the episode and it was interesting to hear his perspective of like, when you're a kid, like I grew up with sisters, mm-hmm. I'm the oldest, but then I have a, a sister and then a brother and a sister and then two brothers. So six was total. I have two sisters and, um, me and my sister, when we were kids, we would like play house. We would play, um, dress up, you know, we would just do that kind of thing. And then, but she would do it with me too. Like I would play this, uh, video game called Contra for all the, you know, 89 babies, nineties babies <laughs> out there that know what Contra is. And it's like, you're these two dudes and you run around with a gun. You're just like shooting aliens. Okay. And so we would play that too. Like we would, she would grab her little toy gun and we would play that. And then I would meet her and her female ways and we would play house and school and whatever. Yeah. And Jordan Peterson was talking about that. That's good for young kids to do because it helps men understand women. Oh yeah. And, and vice versa. Mm -hmm. And people that, it's like you're just playing. You're playing at doing that. You're understanding. You're you're developing this sense of ability to understand the opposite sex. And transgendered people, this is just Jordan Peterson's theory, his words. He says that people that are transgender just maybe never did that. Oh. And so now they're just doing it now as an adult. They're playing at it. Mm-hmm. And uh, some people just feel like they it's so deep that they feel like they're in the complete wrong body. Right. Um, and so they go as far as to get, you know, they, they change their body, they go through surgery and they, you know, they want to be the opposite sex. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't really remember what my, what my point was, but I feel like it's good. It's, it's healthy. To talk about everything. Yeah. Regardless yeah. of what it is, if it's being transgender, if it, all of your feelings, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's hard if you like, you grow up as the only child or you grow up with, parents that say yeah, you, don't you have, have to be this way yeah mm-hmm. and uh yeah i think it's important to allow your kids to just do whatever yeah. you know with certain limitations and boundaries but to let them play yeah um but what, what the fuck do i know i don't have any kids i don't know <laughs> no i think that's true i mean and um um i was i was lucky like my with my parents because they i'm such a dreamer and they they didn't like squash that, you know, like, mm-hmm. yeah, like you said, some parents, you know, they want you to be a certain thing or you can't do that. That's not allowed, but that's yeah, whatever. Um, it's going to be bad for you. We don't want you to turn out weird as, as an adult. Yeah. Summer actually was using my hair recently. Um, she said this, oh God, what was it? It was so good. Um, like you, you don't want to be your kid's first bully. Mm. Something, oh, like, something like, that. like that. Right. Wow. Yeah. Such wisdom. And, and it, it just, it makes so much sense and even um because we're so hard on our kids a lot of the time like we don't want them to be like us or we want them to be a certain way or you know you have to follow society like you can't that's rude you can't do this you can't do that yeah 
And, um, but at the same time, you have to make sure that you don't like squish them. Like don't like rain on their parade. Like if they have a dream, let them chase that dream, whatever it is. And, um, make sure like you don't want to make them feel inferior or, um, create insecurities for them. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of the times as parents, we do that to our kids, even not knowing so much of our trauma mm -hmm. and issues, abandonment issues that comes from our parents. Yeah. And it's not really fair. Like, I don't know, you got pregnant so young, Mm -hmm. like you were still trying to figure out your life. You were in a place of a lot of pain and a lot of like your life was completely changing. Yeah. And I don't know, my mom had me when she was 19. My dad was 22. Mm -hmm. And they're, you're young. Like I'm 32 and I still don't feel like I'm ready or Mm -hmm. prepared. I, f- I feel like I would make so many mistakes. Yeah. It's a huge fear of mine to be like, I would, I would, I don't know. Like you, I would be so afraid of just like making a wrong move, saying the wrong thing. And then all, all of a sudden my kids got They're messed an up issue or some kind of yeah. traumatic and it, and it bleeds over into their adulthood. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's like you're never really ready. I mean, there's no, well, there's lots of books. There's lots of books on parenting and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. But every kid's different. Every scenario, every situation is True. different. And so it's just you kind of learn as you go. I mean, I have a lot of things that I wish I would have done differently. But at the same time... As a mother? Yes. So, um, I mean, I had her young. I was. I feel like I wasn't a good mother. Um People tell me otherwise, so that's good. And the fact that, like, I care says that you're a good mother, right? Yeah. Anyways, but um, there was things that I've done that aren't, like, what... I was processing my sadness a lot. I was sad a lot when she was young. Mm. Um, And there were moments where it's almost like she had to mother me. And there's, Uh. like, you know, your children shouldn't have to parent you. That's not a responsibility. Like, that's not a burden they shouldn't have to deal with. Uh, One time I was really sad in my apartment, and um, I was sleeping all day. And she was little. She was, like, five. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And it was to the point where, like, she was – she would come bring me, like, breakfast in bed. And I rub my head, make sure – Yeah, she'd make sure I was okay. And then she would kind of quietly play by herself. Wow, you got a good kid. Yes. And so – and – She's very emotionally intelligent and she's very independent. Mm -hmm. And I think it's only because of how absent I was initially because Mm. I, I wasn't providing that for her. So she provided that for me. She had to step in and be the mom. Mm. So it's like, you know, she, um, now she's so, she's so independent. And I think it's because of that is because my moments of weakness, she had to step in and grow up and, you know, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Like, like I said in the beginning, I think she's going to be a wonderful adult and mm-hmm. because, you know, she's intelligent because things like that happens. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, that's not fair to her that she had to grow up fast. She's 10. I mean, well, she's a little kid, right? She hasn't, you know, but sure. um, still there's, there's just things I know, like I wish I would have done differently i wish i wouldn't have let her see me cry or or done that i should have been stronger yada yada yeah but i you know you can't disagree i think it's probably so good that she saw you cry 
yeah and saw you in pain and processing your emotions yeah i i think about my upbringing and i there's a lot of things that i wish that like my dad for example would have done differently like he was a very private too mm-hmm. he would um just mostly specifically about like his own struggle and and finances and stuff like he just didn't include me in any kind of financial talk um or things that he struggled with as a a kid or a teenager or even as a young adult he just didn't really talk about it and i think it's probably because he one wanted me to see him as like this strong man uh, and to be an example for me mm-hmm. um and he didn't want to let me know that he like he had struggles or whatever um but i wanted that i wanted a, like a real relationship and now as an adult you know i felt i i have felt a lot of like frustration with that i'm like dad just fucking talk to me Mm -hmm. and actually i had this breakdown um like a year ago and i just was like really really struggling and i first person i thought of was him i called him he came right away and we just took a drive went up to some we went up to this mountain wood rat in jacksonville okay and we just finally fucking talked like like just two men Mm-hmm. And it was amazing. I still feel like he's kind of private and, and, you know, just he protects himself and, you know, whatever. But at, on the same, at the same time, it's so easy to be frustrated with our parents, to be mad. It's so easy for me to just like look at the negative things. Yeah. Um, but he was there. Like he was very much there. He was, he is a very sentimental man. And he loves me, like, a lot. Like, more than I can probably understand. Um, and so I try to just focus on that. Like, he was there. He provided. He's always been there. He's he's texted me. He, he tells me he's proud of me. And at first, when I left the church, he was obviously pretty disappointed in me and my behavior and my choices. Right. But he's really, really come around, and he's starting to like hang out with me more and to like tell me he's proud of me and he's like really trying to understand and listen to me and same with my mom like they're and i've complained about them on the podcast before but i feel like it's really important to just say like they are good parents they've they and i think that yeah i don't know most parents most parents try their hardest yeah or just do the best they can for what they're capable of so but i don't know it's hard yeah it's just (laughs) There's not like a play. Learn as exactly. You just learn as you go, you know, and yeah. just hope for the best. And and when, you, when they have six kids, like it's six of us, and That's none of us lot. came with a instruction manual. And you're probably all different. Super different. Uh-huh. And even though they've parented us all pretty much the same, yeah, we all have become so different. And we all live in the same town. All six of us, six of us live here. Oh, really? In the valley. Oh, how funny. So yeah, it's it's weird. Even. Like you're a product of your environment, but also you have your own personality. Mm-hmm. So you're going to be the way that you're going to be sometimes regardless of what you go through. Mm-hmm. You're going to make the decisions you're going to make. So, yeah, that's true. But yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. So I, I, I think that it's probably good that your daughter saw that. Yeah, that's, I mean, I don't know. It shaped her into the person that she is becoming. And so, yeah. And I think it's it's good that she's 
has that capability. It's good that she's nurturing. I mean, a lot of women, you know, naturally were nurturing, right? But she's like that so early on. And mm-hmm. um, she she's just quality. very, and she's very good with her emotions. She's very good at expressing her, how she feels. Yeah. So I think she gets that from me. So that's, yeah. that's, that's good. Probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, that's cool. When we get into arguments, sometimes she has moments where she's just, an asshole. Some, you know? <laughs> yeah. I can see that. Our kids are assholes sometimes. Um, and Major ones. I'll try to like tell her like why, you know, that's wrong or that, yada yada. And she'll just completely blow me off. The only way I can get it to hit is if I take it to an emotional level. If I... Is start, this, is this the manipulative part? No. <laughs> no, where... I don't know. I, I switch it and I'll be like, you know, what you did and how you treated me really made me sad. Oh. Versus being oh. like, you know, the way you're talking to me in front of your friends right now, like, that's rude. Like, you shouldn't do that. I should just, you know. Oh, yeah. Versus if I switch it and be like, do you understand that, like, when you talk to me that way in front of your friends, like, that makes me feel sad. That makes me feel like, you know, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And then it'll hit. And then she'll be like, oh, shit, I made my mom sad. Gotcha. You know, yeah. I can... so is, is that underlying, like. I don't know. Maybe it's manipulative. I don't know. But it's true for you. Like you're just saying this behavior mm-hmm. makes me feel this way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about how you communicate. Really, communication is so big yeah. in every aspect of life. And she can do with that what she wants. Like if she does, she doesn't, she's not required to change her behavior. Exactly. She doesn't have to care. You can, she can still <laughs> so, make you sad. Yeah. If she wants. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I think that if you were forcing her to be like a different way than maybe that would be manipulative, but yeah, I don't know. So tell me about your, uh, strength with your words. Like, what does that, what does that mean to you? What does it look like? Are you just, do you have like an extensive vocabulary and you're just the words and the articulation just kind of flow really nicely or? No, I don't think so. I mean, I feel like I've stumbled a whole lot during with this too. Um, (laughs) I feel like you're doing good. Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) It's, It's weird. Like this is, it's like not normal to be like in front of all these cameras and yeah. have microphones. Like, and... what are we talking about? Yeah, yeah. Yada yada. Um, go with my words. Well, really, I think I'm just good at communicating, um, and more so with writing, like with texting. And some people hate that, and I, I get it. I mean, I do think it's good to have those hard conversations or deep, or just conversations, whatever, in person, right? Mm-hmm. But sometimes, like with me, if I'm having a really hard time, I have to write it out. Like I have to write what it is that I'm feeling because I can read it and explain it better when I'm, you know, when I'm writing it down for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, when you write, do you do pen to paper? No, I just do texting. Oh. Yeah. It, Even like, with my with poetry, the... like I have a, the notes app on my phone. Yeah. That's where all my poems are. Really? Just, yeah. You don't do any kind of like uh-uh. paper? No. I, Interesting. My handwriting is terrible, first of all. Uh, <laughs> it's almost faster with typing. It is. Well, and see, that's what it is too. Like with my poems, um, I write them so fast. It's really in like my page long poems I wrote in 10, 15 seconds. Like oh, it wow. just, boom, like it just, it comes to me. Like it's almost like venting. That's what oh, it yeah. is. And then I end up going back and I'll kind of tweak some words. But most of the time it just kind of lets 
what I felt and that's what I said. And it just happened to come across this way because mm-hmm. I like speaking in metaphors or I like play on words, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but do you ever doubt your emotions? Like, um, I do that a lot. Like I'll feel a certain thing and I'm like, I shouldn't be feeling this way. Or sometimes it's hard for me to identify what the emotion is. Do you ever feel that way? Not really. No. I think that's where my struggle with words comes Mm -hmm. because, and that's why I'm more avoidant Mm -hmm. because I don't know why I'm mad about something or I don't know if I should be mad or have the right to be, um, or where, where it's coming from. And I want to just like process it on my own Mm -hmm. and just, I don't know. I feel like I develop an opinion or a conclusion based off of time, like having time to sit with the emotion and like talking to other people about it. That's why I say that talking and just having conversation is really cathartic for me right? because it helps me to develop that thought. And maybe that's what writing is for you. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Um, I, I try to write, like I went out to the Applegate Lake yesterday and just sat in the car with no service and just wrote on my, on my iPad. I have like a little pen and I just like write, on write it. it down. But I feel like whenever I'm writing, I, I'm feeling, I'm thinking so much faster than I'm able to put it down. Exactly. That's why I, that's why I text. Yeah. But yeah. even with typing, if I, if I try to type, because I've tried that too, I'll have like a notes app and I, ha- I have a journal section of my notes. But I don't know, I guess it's, it's there, but I never like really go back and read it. Mm-hmm. But I, with conversation, I can express myself. I, I think it through better because I'm in a conversation, so I have to, I have to, uh, like, explore the thought in order to put it into words. Right. And then the other person can give me feedback, and a lot of times I would allow the other person's thoughts and feedback to, to be mine, like, to be my opinion. Right. And that's where lately I've been working on, is, like, I don't have to, I can leave that there. That's your opinion. That doesn't have to become mine. Mm-hmm. But it still helps me to develop my own so that's yeah kind of what I do. Yeah, I don't um I don't doubt my feelings. Um I think like you said earlier, I just feel them so strongly. So whatever it is that I'm in, like I know exactly what it is that upsets me. This is me. the most real thing I've ever had. This is I don't need to doubt this at all. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Whether it's I'm mad because um like being cheated on or something like that or um uh or I, I mean i don't know i mean kind of like when i'm when i'm in when i'm seeing someone and i'm excited and i'm happy about it or whatever um i i write a lot because i guess i doubt that and so but but i don't doubt the feeling but i'm able to really with my words kind of paints the picture of what I'm feeling. I'm like, wow, like this, this is exciting, but I'm scared. Like what happens if it, if it fails or, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Well, but, what happens if it gets misinterpreted or what happens if I'm not ac- accurately. If I'm feeling this way, but you don't feel this way. Yeah. Yada, yada. But see, but I write about all that and people, and that's what people like oh. a lot too. Is oh yeah. I'm really that... curious about your book. Oh yeah. <laughs> I want to see like, yeah, just I should have brought it. I don't know why I didn't think about bringing it. It's okay. But, um, I don't know. People say that just my way with words, it's, I can just, I can describe a feeling 
very well. I can paint a picture of, mm. of what it is. So you're really descriptive. Yes. But in a, yeah, I guess, yeah, I'm descriptive. I don't know. Maybe that's what I doubt then is my, is my words, not necessarily, not necessarily my emotion. Mm-hmm. Like I said earlier, sometimes it is hard for me to identify the emotion that I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, yeah, I, I don't know the picture that I paint. I'm like, is this really the picture that I want to be presented? Is this, am I accurately paint? Is this picture accurate of what I really feel? Cause I'm not really sure exactly what I'm feeling. I know I'm feeling a lot and it's really confusing and, and heavy, but I don't know. What made you decide to post your stuff on the internet? Like on, on your Instagram? You know, I don't know. Impulse? I'm a very impulsive person. It's not really a good thing. Um, I'm working on it. Uh, <laughs> but I guess it can kind of get you into trouble. It, yeah, it, it Don't can. think, just do, and just do all. Like, go all in. Just, just go for it. Just <laughs> blurt it out, say something. I don't know. Um, I actually remember one of the first things that I posted. It was... Um, kind of off of like Russian roulette was kind of the theme of it. Um, I can't remember what it was exactly, but I, uh, I was, I was seeing someone See, and that's the problem too. It's like, I'm always writing about like a, a boy or You're like Taylor fe- Swift. Yes. Yes. <laughs> no, for real. And it's, and it's really, I don't want to be that person anymore, but like at the same time, it's just, it's not a bad thing. It's not. I mean, if that's what I'm going through, then that's what I'm going through. But I want to start writing about different things, you know, writing about, I don't know, being happy and all that yeah, yeah. jazz. But but why I posted it, I don't know. Because weren't, we weren't even, like, friends on social media, so they didn't see it. Um, I actually never really thought about that part either until recently about how, um, what it's like for the other person to read my poem. Mm. I was, so that part's probably selfish of me. Um, and I like to think that it, it's broad enough to where I don't say the person's name, right. You know, yeah. or, uh, and I, I like to mix it up and pull from old oh, feelings like or whatever. You never but, thought about what it would, like, like the for person my that you were writing about. That. Yeah. Or oh, gotcha. who, the friend I was writing about or whatever, you know, or just maybe the random reader that's just reading. Do you ever think about how it will be received by just anybody? No, I don't. That's probably good. Yeah. I think. Well, it keeps I, it more I think if you, pure. yeah, and if you dive too deep into that, then it's almost like it's not authentic anymore because you're so worried about what other people's opinions of it will be. It's like it becomes a fiction. Mm-hmm. And um, so, I mean, I, I don't enjoy the fact that I'm like Taylor Swift in a sense, with, <laughs> you know, but at the same time, I have like, that's just what I do now. I have to, I have to write about it. I don't have to post it. Yeah. Right. And there's certain ones that I don't, especially now, um, now that's been brought to my attention that it hurts people's feelings. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to write about it, but I'm not going to post it. Probably post it down the road when yeah. it's not so relevant anymore, you yeah. know, um, which I do also. Um, but some people will read it and it's not about them, it's, you know, and they take offense to it or something like oh, that. Yeah. And it's like, oh shit, I'm sorry. But... Well, being offended is a part of life. Like maybe it's, it's good. Maybe it's good that you feel uncomfortable or it's good that you got offended. Maybe there's something that you need to do or change or, or look inward yeah if the glove to... fits no <laughs> yeah yeah if it resonated, if the fits. If it resonated then no but um i mean life is just so messy like people get mad at this podcast for some of the things i say mm-hmm. uh, I'm, i mean 
I don't know much about a lot of things. Like I talk to people that I don't know anything about. I had a conversation with my sister and we were talking about depression and like specifically postpartum depression. Mm -hmm. And I came across as like so ignorant and I knew it in the moment. It's like, I don't know anything about postpartum depression. Like I'm a man and I've never had a partner that's had a child. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've never really experienced it Mm -hmm. other than like my sister's or my, my one sister. And so I just am talking about it. Like, that's how you learn. You like fumble through yeah. life in the, in these topics and you're going to make mistakes. And I think that a lot of people have a hard time with looking a certain way or appearing ignorant. Mm-hmm. And, um, I don't know, like to be able to admit that you're wrong, mm-hmm. I think is important. Like I do all the time. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah, sorry. I, I didn't know anything about that. Or I, or well, that's what I was asking. That's what I was talking about. Yeah. Or I, I changed my mind. Like I, yeah. I said that one thing and I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean that or I don't think that way anymore. I was still mm-hmm. developing my opinion or my thoughts or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So just being able to recognize that like, you don't have to be married to your ideas or your thoughts, mm-hmm. your opinions or your, your lack of knowledge or something. And that's such a hard thing to kind of go through with social media, though, because it's like social media almost becomes your identity, yeah. what you post, about, what you write about, what, you know, your photos, your videos. This is my portfolio on Instagram, and this is who, this, this makes up who me as a person. <laughs> yeah. But really, that's it's just, like just this tiny fraction exactly. of a curated piece of your life. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but it's, yeah, that's probably why people spend so much time, like, developing their, you know, their their craft their craft the the colors of their instagram and like what they say and they sit there for hours trying to think of a caption and then deleting it and then looking up you know captions on pinterest to find inspiration because they don't look like an idiot Mm -hmm. yeah it's hard it is hard and and i don't like being put in a box so to speak you Mm. know like i really i mean I don't like not being liked, right? I mean, I feel like a lot of people are that way. Some people are like, I don't care about anything, but... Um... Those people are psychopaths. <laughs> <laughs> it's normal to want to be liked. like you. It is, but at the same time, like, I don't... Um, other people's opinions of me aren't what influences what I do, so to speak. And I am... I'm fortunate in that aspect where I'm confident enough in myself so I can, I write for me. Like if it makes you mad, then I'm sorry. Don't read it. If you don't have to read it, you don't have to read what I write. You know, mm-hmm. I, I started doing this because it helps me because I needed to figure out a way to be better. I needed to figure out a way to stop being sad or while I'm in the sadness, how to just process what I'm going through so I can become a better person. Like that's always my goal. I want to keep growing. I want to be better. I want to become better. I want to, be smarter be you know so i like um that's why i like listening to jordan peterson or dr joe dispenza or Mm. you know other like other people because i feel like the more that you listen to it or read it if it's good positive things it can kind of rub off on you right it's like people you surround yourself with like your circle is like who you are you know um but if you don't create something out of fear then you're just hurting yourself a lot of the time. Yeah. I mean, you have to, of course, be considerate or um, try not to be like ignorant. You know, like if it's a, especially if it's a gnarly topic. But 
um, like you have to be open to learning right? rather than just like have this, I don't know. But you can't let other people's opinions shape who you are. Right. Like, yeah. And you can't just sit there and feel like, you know, everything and that you have just, you just want to teach and you just want to talk and you'd want to, there's nothing, like you, you're done learning. Exactly. Yeah, you, you get can't there, be that person. Yeah. You're fucking You fucked up. So, yeah. You <laughs> fucked up. You, mistakes were made. And, yeah. Uh, right figure that out yeah so yeah just i I don't know i i work with this woman and she's 84 or something no no no. i don't i don't know she's probably not 80 she's old she's like like 50 and i hope she doesn't listen to this podcast (laughs) she's an older woman she and she is every time i see her we go over to her place to to do some work Mm -hmm. she'll be like in a workshop doing like a photography workshop or she's traveling, like meeting people, um, asking questions. And I just think that that's awesome. That's, that's what I want to be like. I want to be open to learning. I don't, I don't feel like I'm ever going to be done. Mm -hmm. I think that the moment you feel that way, like you, you fucked up. You're, you're just, and people are going to want to like to be around you exactly because nobody wants to be around somebody who's like a know-it-all who just wants to talk the whole time. People want to also be able to share their, thoughts and their opinions and to be heard Mm -hmm. and to feel like they it feels good to to like if somebody says hey like you i learned a lot from you or i i i this episode or this poem really taught me a lot or it helped me learn something about myself or it helped me in my relationship or helped me process an emotion Mm -hmm. that feels good and uh to allow other people to have that same thing is is good and you do that by just being open to learning and listening and yeah i don't know it is it's about being being open to whatever it is yeah yeah well thank you for coming on to the podcast and just being open being vulnerable i'm sure it was it's never easy like to be maybe it is for you i don't know it's not always very easy for me I, i guess it kind of is for me in a sense but i always just wonder like how far do i go because sometimes I go in too deep and I'm comfortable talking about it. But then everyone else is like, all right, well, I didn't need your life story. Hello, yeah. kitty. Oh, there she comes. <laughs> you know, yeah, but. I guess. Yeah, but being considerate and being nice. I think that's, if you can do it with, with those two things, mm-hmm. then you're golden. You're going to be, uh, I don't know. I think it's just going to help a lot more people. Even if you are sharing a lot of really intense emotional things or you're sharing a lot about your life it's okay to make people feel uncomfortable. Like one of the mottos that I'm trying to, to, or that I'm thinking about developing for this podcast is like the purpose of it is to light a fire under your ass. Right. It's supposed to make you think about things that are uncomfortable, uncomfortable to think about. Mm -hmm. I talk about topics that are just, they're difficult. Yeah. And it's okay. People don't want to acknowledge, people don't want to talk about it. Yeah. 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 But yeah, like you said, it, it helps you to grow as a person, mm-hmm. helps you to develop your personality and to be a more, more well-rounded person. And then the next time that something happens, you're more well-equipped to deal with it and to help be other more people. gracefully. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Round two or round yeah. three or whatever. Like yeah. it, it's important to not judge yourself and think that, God, I really should have handled that differently. Yeah. Um, like you did with your daughter or I do with my, with my divorce. Like sometimes I'll, I'll still... I'll still sometimes think about it and be like, like, I wonder if there was a way that I could have handled it better. Mm -hmm. And 
I didn't. I, I, I wasn't that graceful. I was clunky and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing I can do about that anymore. I can't go back and change it. I don't really want to go back. Right. I'm you happy can learn from it. And then, yeah. so next time, or Just hopefully it's not it. next time, but you know, yeah, whatever situation that you go into next time, yeah, and just like handle it better. Yeah. When I get into a fight, just like okay, here's where I didn't do well last time. Here's what I'm going to try and do better this time. Mm -hmm. And if it it takes a long time to learn, and it takes a lot of practice, and it's okay to fail multiple times. Sometimes that's the best way to learn is through failure. Yeah, making mistakes. Yep. So this feels like a self help podcast right self-help book self-help all the topics everywhere so um yeah tell people where they can find you and where they can buy your book um so my instagram handle is love miss wolf with two f's w-o-l-f-f -F. and not l-u-v it's l-o-v-e yeah now. yeah okay. so l-o-v and miss wolf um and then my website is actually just www w <laughs> three <laughs> Uh, lovemisswolf.com so I, I was trying to keep it you know yeah so, yeah just for make it cohesive so. easy to find yeah yeah, yeah. But I post all my well not all but a lot of my poetry and everything on social media so Instagram's where it's at and if you want my book then it's on my website so nice yeah I feel like the reason I was curious about why you posted it online is because it's just so has so much potential to be misinterpreted like especially on Instagram people don't really well I don't really go to Instagram to, I don't know, it's super rare that I stay on one post. Like if I'm scrolling, I'll right. just like Attention look at it, span. tap it, scroll, tap yeah. it, or I just go through the stories and then switch over to TikTok and then go to YouTube and then also listening to a podcast and then I'm also like feeding my cats or something. Mm -hmm. And so to like see something like a, a written poem or some kind of text as a post mm -hmm. and then to sit there and like read it. I just, I don't really do very often. Yeah. Um, well, my, the ones that are written posts are actually, most of the time they're shorter. Sometimes I, I do longer ones, like the, you swipe or whatever to mm -hmm. kind of whatever. But, um, but usually my long poems are just in my captions under my photos. So it's like the people oh. who want to read them have the, the option to. Gotcha. And that, I think that's why I don't get a lot of negative comments either is because, I mean, some people now that they've been following me long enough, they expect it. They know that that's how it yeah. is. But um, you know, you can just look at the pretty photo <laughs> and then read the beautiful caption or you can, yeah, you can read more and then, yeah. See is what is most is. of your audience female? No, I have a very male dominated really audience. Even on Instagram. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Because of how you started with modeling and stuff. I think so. Uh, yeah. yeah. And I tried to switch to, I was trying to gain more of a female audience, right? It hasn't been going so well. <laughs> and I mean, and I don't post like. I have like some boudoir photos, but really, I mean, I don't post like naked photos or things like that yeah. that would attract like a boom, a male dominant right. audience. It's not, like, it's not like you're trying to get that or trying to flaunt it or it's exactly. not like your brand. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't even know what my brand is. Just mental health. Right. Like I just. It's just you. Chasing happiness. Like, just, yeah, just <laughs> you. That's it's it's so hard. Like I'm this, when you said you don't like to be put in a box on the yeah. same. Yeah. Especially with Instagram. Yeah. Like when I first started, I was all about landscape photography. That's it. Mm -hmm. So I did, I got all these followers that were just. So when I post something else that's like a portrait or a real estate photo, um, and I was doing some text for a while, like little inspirational quotes for a minute. Mm 
it would get way less likes. I'm like, fuck this algorithm. Like, I don't want to be the dude that just takes landscape shots in the, yeah. uh, shots in the desert. Yeah. Um, and so I, I fight it really hard. But I get it. Like, how are they supposed to know who to share your your photo with if your audience is all... But at the same time, I do think it's cool. Even though it's a male-dominant audience, they love my writing. Men like what I write. That's so cool. It seems like you found a lot of, like, really emotionally depth, intelligent men. Well, and I think somehow, like, it it touches on a deeper level. Like, they're able to be vulnerable in that, like, for a moment. You know, like, because men, you're not allowed to feel all these feelings. But then all of a sudden, when you're reading it, and and you're in a safe place. You're at home. You're on your phone. You know, Mm -hmm. you're not... It's not like you're talking about right, it, but you can yeah. acknowledge it. You can read it, right? Mm-hmm. So I do have a lot of a lot of men like even re- reach out to me, like, you know, thank you. This is awesome. This has helped me on my journey to healing. That's this cool. This is yeah. So I, I do think that that's awesome, and and, and women too. But yeah, you'd probably be a ma- good therapist. Majority of men. I don't know about that. Well, um, I mean, you're helping a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. You have a lot of wisdom. You've been through a lot of stuff. That's true. I, I have a lot of life experience in a short amount of time. Yeah, sometimes I'm I'm always really curious about my therapist. I'm like, what have you been through? Like, what, what qualifies you besides your degree? Mm-hmm. Just because you know how to talk or you know about, uh, what is it called? Like, reflective listening. Mm-hmm. Does that really make you a therapist? Like, I don't know. I like people that have been through a lot of shit, that have a lot of depth and just experience. Mm-hmm. And then they have the knowledge to try to help you. Real kind of... world knowledge. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's nice. Anyway. Well, thanks again. I appreciate you you coming on. Thank you for having me on here. This was fun. Yeah, super fun. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Thank you, Summer. (laughs) Yes, thank you, Summer, for the recommendation. I was actually meaning to reach out to you, but then you texted me. You beat me to the punch. Oh, nice. Well, boom. Boom. Yeah, I love it. Yes. Cool. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, Which camera do I have? I know which one. Just pick one. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. I know, I'm gonna get more money. These headphones sometimes are a little bit.